Yo, gym rapper, this sounding extra, extra, extra lame. Put you in your place, call that real estate. Rap in South Korea, that's where we fucking be. Fuck. Sinky, you got me? So, um, you know, speaking of sodas, check those outtakes, people. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross, we were planning to have you on at the beginning of this very calendar year, uh, but then what happened? it, uh, um, I don't know. Something happened Where were you guys been? right around, right around March time. Uh, I can't my, my remember. Birthday? Yes. Ooh. That's what it was. Yeah, that's right. And we were like, oh, we don't want to have Ross on for this. <laughs> So just <laughs> put it off toward, I don't know, nine months from now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, I I wanted to make sure we could get that uh, uh, the uh, St. Patrick's Day episode out of the way because um, there was a lot of uh, bad things I said about Irish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven still hasn't forgiven me for. Um, <laughs> I forgot about him. Okay, good. I, I um, don't forgive oh, yeah, right. you, but I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, um, according to the movie that we watched today, I'm German, so all I eat is beer and sausage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that. That's fine. That's true. <laughs> we know one German, too. I, I agree with that. I think, well, mm-hmm. vegan sausage. Ew. Oh, Andy? Yeah. I always have to take that back. I'm always like, yeah, Andy, have you tried Spam? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm a vegan, but like, maybe, maybe a time. And I was like, damn it. It's, hey, man, it it's Spam. It's not even real meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but like back in March, I think we were going to have you on in April to discuss Asian pop culture. And here we are just a scant few nine months later, we've birthed this episode. Um, but back then Ross, you had uh, texted me about a soda drink you had come across and kind of like when you had mentioned the, uh, the seven layer dip combos, I went out and immediately got that product. Now I've been saving it for your appearance on the show, which would have been a couple of weeks later, but <laughs> here we are nine months later and I've got this soda here that I've been eager to try. It's been in my fridge this whole time. Oh, wow. Hopefully I have better luck opening this one. Okay. Well, good. Because this back then you uh, had recommended to me the Sprite Limonade. Oh. <laughs> 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 Made with uh, on the label, it says made with one percent real juice. So, oh sweet, very you know exciting. So, I it, on the uh, label it also says lemon hyphen lime and lemonade flavored soda with real juice. And again, just one percent real juice. So that's really all it takes is to uh, to have that on there. But I uh, I wanted to try this on the podcast um, based on your recommendation. So I'm gonna try to open it. Sure. And my uh, yeah, be careful. Band aid has fallen off, so I'm gonna try to open this. I can't check this out. Brandy. <laughs> Yeah, I might. <laughs> there we go. Okay, this one open. Still no fizzy. problem. Is it? Uh, mm, we'll find bit. out. <laughs> hmm. That's good. It's like lemonade. You know, a lot of people are saying that. Uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, December is the spring summer of the winter months, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So this totally fits. Don't look confused. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I can't imagine this is probably still in season. Um, so good luck finding this, listener. Oh, no, it's still available. Is it really? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. It's um, one of, like, two sodas that I drink. That and oh, nice. Yoritos Pineapple. Mm. Wait, what? What mm-hmm. was oh, this? Yoritos 
What is that? Dude. I've never heard of this. Dude. Really? <laughs> J-A-R? Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yaritos. Oh. Looks like Jaritos. If you want to <laughs> American end it up. Um, I've seen um, this. But, mm-hmm. oh, man. It's uh, real sugar. Oh. Um, it is... I, oh, I, yeah. Soda's just packed full of, you know, you know, shit you shouldn't drink, right? It's just liquid calories. Shouldn't really be drinking that. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I have that. never seen this before. Oh, man. I feel they like I've seen quicker. them at the, uh, like on the yeah. international aisle at the grocery yes. store. Yes. You know? Mm. Yeah. I've never tried one, though. Oh, man. They, so they the haven't some quick, I should say, they haven't some quick trips. Not all quick trips, but mm-hmm. a lot. A good mm. quick trip if you go to it. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> holy, holy shit. They, they, it's, 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 it's like, um, it's like magic on your tongue. It's, it's insane. Oh, it wow. really is some of the best, uh, it's my favorite soda, just like hands down. Not even a question. The lemonade is good. Second. You said the uh, pineapple. Yes, all of them are okay. good. They they have like so like a mandarin, um, tamarind, um, there you go. passion fruit, strawberry. Yes, yes. Although all those are harder to find in Quick Trips, mm. they usually have the I think mandarin and pineapples are usually the ones. But if you go to the international aisle in your local grocer, you should be able to find um, <laughs> like a, like a, a huge variety of them, and it's cheap as hell too. Like you can get the giant two liters for like ninety nine cents. Um, and again, real nice. sugar. Um, not that that's you know whatever. It just tastes better. I'm I'm not one of those. Yeah. If I'm drinking sugar, I'm not like, hmm, is this high fructose? Like, I don't, I don't care. It's bad for me. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Drop everything. Just, just stop this recording. Let's go get some Eureka. Brent, I right? have to go. <laughs> Click. I need to go get some of this up right now. Yeah. Well, I, I'm surprised I haven't seen it because every time I walk into a grocery store, the greeter automatically points out the international food aisle to me. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not. Hola. Hey, here hola. For Como so dice? <laughs> oh, wait. What does that mean? Shit. Um, Donde yeah. esta la biblioteca? <laughs> Where is that library? <laughs> Do you have library flavored jarnitos? <laughs> All right. Well, I, uh, I'm not drinking anything fun today. I have, yeah, what do you have, Ross? So this is very hard to find, but if you find it, if you're a fan of, uh, you guys ever had Moscow Mules? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is a monster version, no alcohol, but lots and lots and lots of caffeine that makes you feel jittery and um, <laughs> like your eyes are going to pop out of your socket. It's called Ginger Brew um, Monster oh. Mule. So it's uh, it's basically just ginger beer flavored monster. And uh, I don't normally drink energy drinks because they're just uh, not not that good. Um, but this tastes exactly like a uh, like a uh, ginger beer, and uh, mm. get you get you in the gooch. Still, still get you the, the caffeine injection though. That you oh need. man, makes you it makes you all kinds of jittery. It'd be good for the podcast. I'm excited for that because especially mm. if you don't drink a lot of them usually, then it's like, oh cool, we're gonna see Russell's eyes bug out in a little bit. I only drink That's half of one at a time, although this morning go. I am drinking a whole one because uh, <laughs> I have to be, right. uh, I have to talk. <laughs> Indeed. I work from home, so uh, I never see anyone or do anything. So, uh, yeah, um, I just kind of sit in my room all day and uh, look at spreadsheets. That's my, uh, it's my entire life now. Well, spreadsheets are kind of like friends, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And my cat. <laughs> there you go. 
and my Legos. I've gotten really into Star Wars Legos, you guys. Um, That's right. It's become a like, massive this is, problem. This is something that has like picked up since the pandemic, right? Yes. I, I, I've always loved Star Wars, but uh, I'd never uh, been, you know, Legos when I was a kid, obviously, like, were the f- most fun thing in the world. Um, I loved Legos when I was a kid. But then you get older and you think, okay, well, that's a childish thing. I should put that behind me. Um, but then a quarantine hits, <laughs> yeah, that's us. global pandemic, and you're like, well, I'm bored as fuck, and I don't have anything to do. Uh, so I started doing puzzles. I got really into puzzles, and then I, th- mm-hmm. I just one day came across um, the Slave One uh, Lego mm. ship, and I'm a big Boba Fett fan, and I thought, you know what? That looks like a really fun thing to do in a quarantine. I bought it, and it was a fun thing to do, and then I <laughs> started buying Ah, uh, guys, I've spent a lot of money on Legos. In the <laughs> I have a lot of Lego. Um, actually, actually, I don't know if you know this, but um, it's not actually Legos. Lego is the plurality of Lego. So yeah, you you said it, and it still feels weird. I've heard that, but it still feels weird to me because I've said Legos for so long. Right? right. Yeah. It's like I have to force myself to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Is it not a normal feeling uh, 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 thing? But uh, holy crap, guys. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I know I'm going to sound insane here. It is kind of like weirdly a um, uh, like an investment because so I, I for instance, I bought the uh, awesome. the Razor Crest uh, Lego set, um, uh, which was like, I think, MSRP, like $100. Right. Um, so I bought mm-hmm. it. And then a couple episodes of Mandalorian ago, um, the Razor Crest gets Spoiler alert, gets blown up. Um, so then I go back online and, and, and look, and I'm just curious if Lego's going to make any more of it. Well, it looks like they've discontinued it because it's mm-hmm. no longer a ship that anyone's using. So, well, the price on that thing now is like $400. Um, so it's like gone up in price um, Crazy. Uh, massively. Um, actually, in fact, all most of my Legos that I've bought, I could turn around right now and sell them for far more than I paid for them. And I, th- these are just ones that I've bought this year. Um, mm-hmm. And f- for whatever reason, Lego just... It, it, they almost never decrease in value. You can always pretty much get what you paid for out of them. Hmm. Um, but with certain sets, especially like the Star Wars stuff that kind of goes through like cycles of you know, releasing and then, and then they, they discontinue them and sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll go back and re-release an old set, but for the most part, they don't. Um, those old sets that you can't get them anymore, the limited release, they go up in price. It's, it's absolutely insane. Um, so, well, that's funny that, um, after the Razor Crest was destroyed, that it went up in value and they like discontinued it because that was the same thing that happened to, um, the Jesus Christ Lego sets back in the day. (laughs) Is like it, they were everywhere, but then they, you know, Jesus died, mm. and that you can't find those anywhere. So if you've like got a, if they've been passed down through the generations, hang on to that Jesus minifig. Absolutely. You know, it's worth so much money. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had one of those. I've got. I thought you had the Last Supper set. Yeah. I, no. Nope. Uh, no. I I'd gotten rid of it. You know, before I hit big, didn't realize it was okay. going to go up in value. Yeah. You're like, why is this dusty old man here? I don't need this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got the uh, special edition uh, Tree of Gethsemane. Um, set. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It has this minifig. Actually, I don't I, I don't know what Tree of Gethsemane is. I just know it's a phrase, I think. <laughs> I may even have that wrong. I did I sit through, to, through, through church when I was younger. I, I sat through it. 
Well, that whole time I was trying to struggle through a joke because I wanted to say that it went up in value 30 pieces of silver, but I couldn't remember <laughs> how many pieces of silver it was that, <laughs> that Judas did. <laughs> but I looked it up and it's 30. So just you guys know. Uh-huh. Yep. Huh. <laughs> Is that what- well, Judas, Judas, you can still find like he's everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've done that purposely to devalue him. So, you know, <laughs> politics. It's all. Yeah. It's all a whole that. thing. It's all yeah. flooding eBay. Well, look, um, I feel like we have a nice transition from Star Wars Legos into the uh, the next thing we want to talk about. But it wouldn't be let's talk about stuff if we had a good transition. So, Stephen, what do you say we start the show? <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. I'm Stephen. <laughs> I'm Brent. I'm Ross. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Today, we're going to discuss some Asian pop culture, primarily the 19, wait, 19, 2019. Good Lord. Holy shit. The 2019 <laughs> movie great. Parasite. And uh, maybe some other things. But before we do that, let's talk about Mandalorian Season 2. All three of us have watched it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My wife uh, hates it when I do that. I just walk around the house making that noise. (laughs) Like Ross said earlier, uh, we're going to get into the spoilers of Mm -hmm. the season. And uh, yeah, so... uh, what do we think of uh, this newest season? Uh, Ross, you're the guest. Uh, you can go first. You like the first season, right? Oh, wow. Just a little clap. Can That's, you stop yeah. jacking off for a oh, second sorry, to sorry, answer sorry. the question? Yeah. <laughs> um, man, uh, I, I got to say, this is uh, my favorite show. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the first season I thought was just like phenomenal. Um, and then the second season has been better than that. Even, mm-hmm. um, um, I, I, I am a star Wars fan since I, like, I literally can't even remember a time whenever I didn't, wasn't obsessed with star Wars, um, from the womb. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it, man, that, that, that first season was like, especially after the, the years and years, like the, the, the sequels have grown on me or the, I'm sorry, the prequels have grown on me, um, to the point where I, I enjoy them now um whereas before when they first came out i, I was not a big fan because I, I really love the original trilogy more than anything um but then of course there was the uh, the new the new stuff uh the disney stuff that uh, just didn't i mean apart from uh uh rogue one i it just I, force awakens was seemed seemed good at the time because it, it seemed like there was a lot of promise there and then it just was not followed up on um so i just really don't didn't it was just kind of like bummed out about star Wars until the Mandalorian came along and man, it's just totally reignited. Like my, my love for that, for mm-hmm. that entire franchise. It, it, mm-hmm. it feels like the old star Wars. Um, it, it's got that, like that nostalgic feeling. It feels like, you know, space seventies, which is like my, mm-hmm. which is my favorite thing about the star Wars movies. It feels like a, like a nostalgic trip through the future, which is like a mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing to, to, to pull off, to make it feel futuristic, but also like a lived in nostalgic world, um, which, you know, I don't even think was like intentional at the time when they made Star Wars, because a lot of it was just they were shooting on a, on a shoestring budget and they had to make do with what they had. But the, the result of that was it didn't look all big and polished and perfect. It looked rusty and it looked like people had had taking taking things in the world and 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 tried to make them um repurpose them you know it, the world just felt like a like a real world tatooine felt like a backwater town that you would find on a backwater planet you know it just it 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 
gave me feels. And mm-hmm. now with Mandalorian, it feels like that all over again. It feels like I've gone back to that and I, and I, and I love it. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those shows like my, my, my wife was, uh, she didn't dislike Star Wars. She was just kind of ambivalent towards it. She'd never really seen any of them um, whenever we started dating a while back. And, you know, through the years, I've, I've shown her all the all the movies. And she's come to, to to enjoy them for the most part, but she really loves Mandalorian. And I think that's the what the show has pulled off so well is um, that it's a show that anybody, regardless of your Star Wars knowledge, can watch and get entertainment out of because it's just really well written and it's really well done. It doesn't take like this this whole decades of, of knowledge and, and obsession to, to enjoy it. But if you are one of those people who have been obsessed with it for decades, it feels like, you know, it feels like going home. It 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 um, it delivers so much to people that that are fans of it that um, it, I. It see, I mean, it, it's had to have been one of the most impossible things to conceptualize and write to, to, to in order to get it right. And I think Favreau and Filoni have just, I mean, the, the difficulty that they've faced in, in making this show work is just insane to me. And the fact that they pulled it off and, and are just keeping and continuing to improve on it is, is insane to me. I mean, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I honestly was like sad yesterday because I realized I'm not going to mm. get any more uh, Mandalorian until next year. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if it takes them, if it takes them a year to 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 you know come up with that and put that quality out there, then I mean I'm 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 100 on board with everything that they do. It's just blown me away. It seemed like this year kind of flew by. I don't know if it's just because of the pandemic or what, but when the new season started, I was like, oh shit, already. Like it, mm. it seemed like it happened so quickly. So hopefully this next year flies by. It's been both uh, the Steven, slowest, yep. s- slowest year and the longest or the, the shortest year and the longest year somehow simultaneously. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I was going to say like for just the Mandalorian, I also felt like, wow, it's already back. I yeah. like, I remember mm-hmm. last time being like, I'm going to wait a whole year for the season two. And then it was like, oh, it's out. But then right. looking back at the actual year, I was like, that was the fucking longest year of my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It is both. Uh, Stephen, what do you think of season two? Yeah, uh, first off, I agree a lot with Ross. There's a certain like feeling to this show that I think that uh, even though I like the, for the most part, I like the sequel trilogy that uh, that they've come out with, um, even though it definitely has its faults, there is something about this show, and I think a lot of it has to do. Obviously, there's like the story and stuff, and uh, Filoni being such just like a huge Star Wars encyclopedia and a big fan, like being a part of it and then John Favreau also being like a seems to be a big fan. You mean a Wikipedia? Uh, they bring a lot of that to it. Do what? You mean a Wikipedia? Uh-huh. Sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. He is yeah. Got his ass. Uh, Got <laughs> um but uh yeah, it, there's obviously that but a lot of it to me like kind of revolves around the 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 look, the the technology that they're using, like this new technology they use with the LED or LCD like back screens and stuff instead of like a a blue or a green screen and using like more like models and and real life things in the foreground and then seamlessly kind of shooting that against this background and there's just a really cool feeling to it especially like his all the ships and stuff but his uh razor crest especially like flying through space just has like a cool look to it to me like a like a really detailed good model but still cgi but like it just feels like they would do in the 70s if they had the technology to use cgi in the 70s like it feels like a natural extension of that and uh and also i sent this meme i found yesterday to my brother he and i were talking about it. he finished it the other day too but it was this picture of 
these like two kids playing with Star Wars toys and they're they're like banging him together. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. They're like banging him together. And okay. it says like Dave, it says like Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau making Mandalorian series. <clears throat> and someone had said, thank <laughs> you for unlocking endless possibilities in a galaxy far, far away. And I feel like a lot of people like Ross was saying, like, there's just something about this that feels good about Star Wars again. And it makes me excited for more, even though I I had said to Brent, like uh, all the shows they announced, I'm like kind of overwhelmed that there's going to be so much Star Wars when we used to have to wait like three years to get one movie and then like 20 years to get another trilogy. It's like, oh, they're shoving a lot out, but it's like I'm excited about most of it, uh, and hopefully as they release teasers and stuff, it'll be great. But um, I thought this was this new season was great. I liked the first season a whole mm-hmm. lot. Um, my brother's partner had mentioned that he the only thing he didn't like really about The Mandalorian is it's kind of like the same thing over and over. Like they they come up against a monster and they have to like find like something breaks down and blah blah blah. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the show they're making. If you don't like that, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I like Monster of the Week stuff like that. And it's just kind of fun to see the universe. But uh, also, like, it's I like the show because it it, they play with episode links. They just they do what they need to do or long if they need to go long or short if they need to go short. They keep the season short overall. So it feels like it's just really fast. And uh, yeah, just overall, it's just like a blast to watch it. So, yeah, if it were a movie, I could totally understand that. Um, like the the quest nature of it, but it is TV in episodes, mm-hmm. and therefore it's episodic in that way. Yeah, and I've heard people on other podcasts talk about how it's so uh, that it is so quest driven that it's almost like a D and D campaign in a way. You got to go here mm-hmm. to get this thing, to then go here and get this. It's like playing Mega Man almost. Mm-hmm. You got to defeat this villain to get this power to defeat the next villain, and and so on. But I like it. Yeah. I think it's fun. I. I I'm not super familiar with Star Wars, and I'm still waiting to see the Enterprise. But um, I <laughs> am uh, excited to be able to like go back and visit some of these places in this series because it, um, like, when they went back to uh, fucking the place from the first season where uh, Cara Dune is now like the the sheriff there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, I recognize this place. And at the 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 first, uh, I think it was in the first episode of the season where um, is it uh, Tracy Ullman mm-hmm. is in that episode um oh, mechanic. i don't remember her is that right yeah tracy ullman tracy yeah, i'm pretty ullman. sure no oh, no 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 amy sedaris god damn it i did this i, I did totally this on another podcast all funny women look the same to you yeah you know what yeah yeah between those two yeah paul poundstone was in it i think um yeah I think that was Sarah Silverman. I don't yeah. know. Um, no, um, well, uh, I, I can't remember what else I was going to say, but I, like I, I do stuck. like it. I, and like, there's so much heart in the series for the lead protagonist to have a helmet on almost at all times. There's so much heart between him and this little puppet. Mm-hmm. And I love it so much. And uh, at the end of, uh, again, spoilers, at the end of episode seven, where he has that hologram transmission to... Uh, God, what is his name? Moff Gideon. Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Moff. Gideon? Moff Gideon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's like, he says something to the effect of, you don't know what you've taken. I love it more than anything. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you go get your little boy. You go get him. <laughs> you go save him. Did, did you guys, uh, did you guys uh, get a little teary-eyed on this last episode? I'm mostly dead inside, but so no, but like yeah, I either. wanted to like if, if the, <laughs> I wanted there to be. Oh, my God. 
I, I was taken a little bit aback by um, the CGI uh, character that shows up. Mm. Well, I guess like the de-aged character. Yeah, we and need to talk like about later that on sure. when I saw it was directed by Peyton Reed, I was like, really? That's kind of a, mm. a weird choice. But then I was like, oh, de-aging like from the Ant-Man movies. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Hmm. Um, I and I didn't it looked think really it looked good. terrible. I, I, for, for what it was, I thought it, I thought they did a great mm. job on it. The the only thing was like I I feel like the mouth movements didn't quite work sometimes. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought I was like, holy shit, Mark Hamill looks good. He must be working out. They, you know? they need to get the guys who did the the sassy Trump videos. I don't know if you've seen those. <laughs> it's the uh, the no. oh my god. It's the uh, the South Park guys uh, uh, and also Peter Sin. I can never say his last name. Serfano. Serfanowitz. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this uh, uh, series on YouTube called Sassy Trump, and a whole. Oh, wow. the, the, it's a deep fake, and it it is uncanny how 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 good they are at this. Um, yeah, I'm watching that later for sure. There's a lot of people thinking that Sebastian Stan, because if you look at S- Sebastian Stan and uh, like with that with that uh, with yeah. Luke's haircut, man, he looks like a spitting image of uh, of uh, uh, Hamill when he was that age. It's 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 unreal. So wow, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Someone had mentioned, um, I can't remember what it's called right now. It's the the new sequel to The Shining that they just released. Um, uh, Dr. Sleep? Was that it? Yes. They, they recast, like, uh, someone had shown a picture of the actress that plays, like, the mom. And they're like, there's something about, like, we can, we can know that she has the same kind of haircut. She looks the same. And, like, we can make that leap and stuff. And we don't need to have like a CGI character. They're trying to like say that they should have cast someone else basically. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just tough. Like I go back and forth on it. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, There were some parts that I was like, it's a little weird. Like you can tell, and obviously he's older. It's not him, but, or it's like a de-aged him. But, uh, for the most part, I was just so excited to see him. I didn't care. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm down with it. I literally, when that X-Wing flew by, I, Mm. I like started kicking my feet like I was your pants <laughs> flew by your face because I was were. like, you know, I, I thought, OK, well, well, it's Luke. But then I thought, well, maybe it's maybe it's not Luke. Maybe it's uh, um, uh, oh, a guy from Rebels um, to Jedi from Rebels. Cannon I cannot think of his name. Kanan? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or or uh, Cal Kestis from uh, First Order, because I guess we know those are like two of the few Jedi Knights mm-hmm. that actually survived the purge because Ahsoka is not technically a Jedi. Um, but man, I, uh, when, when, when you see that, that green saber pop up, I'm like, okay, it's mm. gotta be. And then you see the, the gloved hand. I, yeah, I was, losing, I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was losing my mind as I was watching it. And you know, cause he, he lands and first of all, they don't have like color security monitors. It's, it's all in like that green and white, <laughs> you know, it's kind of shitty. It's like, damn, they have all this technology, Space but 70s, like, man. Mm-hmm. You know, colors a <laughs> stretch too far. But I did think it was cool that like they kind of fuck with you still a little bit because you see a lightsaber, but you can't tell what color it is. Yeah. But then later on when I saw it was green, I was like, oh, OK, this has to be Luke then. Right. Um, and it was. But um, yeah, man, I thought I thought it was cool. And I, I know like some people are probably going to say it's fan servicey, and I'm sure it is. But like it makes sense. Right. Because like mm-hmm. he he knew Yoda. So maybe he's just. Like more attuned to it, or something. Well, I don't. He's searching I don't know. for Jedi to train and stuff at that point. Well, that we also, know, you know, so Grogu did the little, the little, his little mm-hmm, uh, sure. uh, force yeah. call out meditation whatever. thing. Yeah. yeah, 
which I love that little puppet with the little hands in the, in the <laughs> meditation pose. Oh, my God. It's cute as shit. Everything about it is so cute. Yeah, I love I, it. Literally, I was watching the, the, that show, and, and uh, a, a, a man that you cannot see his face wearing a mask, holding a little green puppet on a spaceship soundstage, and, like, I felt things. <laughs> like you, yeah. you know, like I, 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 because I, I, I watched it. I honestly watched it twice yesterday. Um, wait, today's wait, today's Saturday. Today's Sunday. Sunday. Oh God. <laughs> um, Friday. So I guess David. I know we we took up your church time yeah, and threw you off a little bit, but Sorry, yeah, that, yeah. But uh, peace be with you. The, the like, I had to step back the second time, and I'm like, I'm tearing up, and I'm feeling legitimate emotions at a person in the mask holding a green. Um, uh, you know, puppet. <laughs> I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it takes, I think a lot of people don't appreciate cause I've, I've tried to write stories before. Um, and I don't think people appreciate how hard it is to, to, to pull something like that off to make you yeah. feel something at what is ostensibly, if you were to step back from it for a second, kind of a ridiculous scene. Um, it's like, I, it's gotta be one of the hardest things in the world. And, but they, they did it. They did perfectly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. When, uh, whenever we did our, uh, Star Wars, uh, rewatch, was it last year? Maybe the year before? I don't know. Time's a weird fucking soup. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whenever we did it, um, we talked about how, you know, what our introduction to Star Wars was. And I've been a guest on, um, uh, Mind Grenade and we talked about Star Wars a little bit there. And, um, anytime someone asked me, how I got introduced to Star Wars. I always mention your Boba Fett figure that you used to have, Ross. Um, cause, and like you said earlier, that's like your your main like guy, or at least your, your entry point for it. So how was it to mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. Boba Fett <gasps> come back this season? <laughs> God, it was so good. <laughs> to see yeah. Boba in there, because, because you know, in the, in, the, in the movies, you don't really see him honestly do much what you do see is pretty mm-hmm. cool except for the part where he gets knocked into the sarlacc pit um but you know you see him basically talk back to vader which no one else gets away with and then you see um uh and he when he talks back he really just repeats what vader says but in like a nana voice right <laughs> yeah go get him fine i'll fucking do it yeah uh but uh and then, then he, you know, he actually tracks down Solo and, you know, outsmarts him. Um, uh, but he really, really what made his lasting, you know, impression on everyone was just that costume, just how unbelievably cool mm-hmm. that costume is. And mm-hmm. for something like that, of course, for me, there was the there was the novels that came out, which went into his background. But most people didn't read that. So so really all you get. Well, they don't have any pictures, so it's not surprising. Right. Like, why would you? You have to, have to make the pictures in your mind. It. So with books. That's what people tell me, yeah. and it's not appealing. Don't like. <laughs> Continue. I don't blame you. It's hard, um, but uh, no, it, it man, it it uh, you know, I read those books, and it was the it made him seem so cool. And then uh, y- you know, you never really saw that in the in the movies, though. And then this, when this happens, you get to see Boba Fett just unload, and you get to see all that coolness that has been built up since nineteen seventy seven dumped mm-hmm. all over my face. Um, well, I guess he wasn't in, uh, I guess it would have been actually his first appearance was, um, the Christmas special. So was that 78? Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask mm-hmm. you, um, yeah. 
yeah, so so you finally get to see this like badass do the badass thing, and oh my god, it was so sweet. And Tamora Morrison was just uh, <laughs> that dude is just awesome, and I love all the little references to to him being a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Bo Katan uh, said something to the effect of like I, I've 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 heard your voice thousands of times or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, like the reference to, to him being a clone. That, that's another yeah. one of those little things that they sprinkle in there that uh, uh, for, for the longtime fans, there's so many little things that uh, that, that you get out of the show that um, it, it's that perfect balance of making it very accessible to, 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 to new viewers, but also paying tons and tons of fan service to the longtime viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Stephen. What did you think of of seeing Boba Fett come back? Was that uh, exciting for you? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Boba Fett's awesome. Uh, again, yeah. like Ross said, though, it's like you don't actually get to see him do much. So, and, and like the movies, and so like to see him now, like that also is kind of fan servicey to bring him back. Mm-hmm. But I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm a fan. Service You're, me. Yeah, exactly. I'm a fan. <laughs> like, Service me. Yeah, you know, exactly. Get to sucking. Yeah. <laughs> and man, on, he just get in there. The slave yeah. one, problematic name maybe, but um, mm. that 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 ship. Oh my god, it's one of the best ships in science oh, it's fiction. So cool. It's so there's instantly a, recognizable. There's a part mm-hmm. where he has to go like pick them up on the roof after they're trying to break out, right? And he starts from the sitting position or like laying down and like goes up, and it's just a cool fucking shot because it's, it's just so how it cool. works, and it's awesome. Yeah, there's it's just so like cool. cool things that are being able to do in this series that I really like because the movies haven't quite delivered that for a lot of people and uh, and myself included. And and so these are kind of like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted, like with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool. So but I Brent, again, like we had talked about so many of the different Disney Plus announcements that I don't even remember. Was this the first announcement of the Boba Fett spinoff show? At I the think end of so. That? Right. I think I think it was like a that was like a surprise. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't part of the uh, the Disney Investor Day announcement. So I honestly, yeah. I, like, I could not remember. I was like, I might have even read about it, and I don't remember. But I thought it was like kind of brand new, which I thought was fun that they were able to save that. Um, but then I'm like, cool, yeah. Now we get a Boba Fett show. Fuck it, awesome. Yeah. I, some people have been theorizing that um, it's possible that season three of Mandalorian could be the book of Boba I've Fett heard that. because mm-hmm. you, if you oh, okay. every single episode of the Mandalorian is like chapter one chapter two um i think this was chapter 16 right because yeah 16 that feels right yeah, eight eight, eight, and yeah. so so if the mm-hmm. book of boba fett like is it going to be the mm. season three of mandalorian but you know and maybe maybe table dinjarin for for a for a season which would be kind of a kind of a bummer but i mean i i, I trust these guys enough to you know follow them anywhere man i mean yeah well the the characters on this series are so interesting it's kind of like breaking bad like you are in a scene with you know these two characters and you love it and then it goes to commercial come back you're with another set of characters you kind of miss the old ones but then when you get wrapped up into these this new scene with the the other characters and you go back to the original ones it's like well i i wasn't done spending time with them like everybody is so interesting to Mm -hmm. me that I, I just want to hang out with all of them, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, the name of the show is The Mandalorian, not, uh, uh, what's his name? Boba Fett. Din. Din Djarin. Din, Din Djarin, mm. yeah. Right. 
Yeah, so it could so. be. He doesn't say which Mandalorian could be. And yeah, Boca Boca Raton. Um, <laughs> she got straight up smoked, right? <laughs> Isn't she a fan favorite character? I wonder if that pissed people off. No, Boca Raton didn't. Uh, it was the other. Um, it was other Mandalorian. Um, the younger. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Boca Raton was still oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. She was mad about the dark saber and stuff, though, right? Right. And so that's going to be like a big question mark i think for for din Djarin because technically that would make him the ruler of mandalore um because whoever mm. beats the person who it, uh, the, the the dark saber is basically like a almost like a like a crown so whoever defeats the person that has a dark saber gets to be the new ruler of mandalore so i don't know mm. if you guys have seen like clone wars or rebels or anything but um mm-hmm. uh that's a big that's a big ongoing thing so so technically Moff Gideon would have been the, the leader of Mandalore, even though Mandalore is kind of all in ruins at this point. So um, this would technically make Din Djarin the ruler of Mandalore. So you could even say he is the Mandalorian because he's the ruler of the Mandalorian people now. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big deal because you know, he can't just um, abdicate responsibility of that over to someone. It has to be like one in battle. So Bo-Katan will have to fight Din Djarin if she wants to be the ruler of Mandalore. Can't she just like, or can't they just do like rock, paper, scissors for it? Or like, that's the other one. That's the other thing that they can thumb do. Thumb war, something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thumb war. Thumb yeah. War. I feel like that I can solve so this. Funny. At the end yeah. of that serious episode, they're like, thumb war. <laughs> or he was like, I'm thinking of a number between one and 10. And she's like, two. He's like, yeah, you fucking nailed it. Here you go. Just take this fucking thing. This whole thing could have been avoided. You got it. I got yep. legitimately nervous when he tried to give it to her. And you could see on Bo-Katan's face, um, kind of this look of like, I'm going to beat your ass and take this sword from you. Like that was yeah. the whole point of, uh, of coming on the, on with the mission. Um, mm-hmm. But I did have some questions because the, I, I, I don't know that she, she died that this, I cannot think of the, the other Mandalorian's name um, that was with Katie with Bo-Katan. Um, the, the, the kind of the younger uh, woman that got shot by Moff Gideon. It never showed her again. It showed her get shot, but, Mm-hmm. In theory, she'd be wearing Mandalorian armor, so that should have probably blocked most of the shots, unless he got it like between her armor plates or something. But it never shows yeah. her again. Um, the also the uh, the the Nazi scientist guy um, mm. never showed him again either. So both those people are kind of question marks because really it just mm-hmm. ends with you know Grogu going off with Luke. Um, so you know it's kind of a question if are are, are those people still alive? I mean, I guess a scientist mm-hmm. probably isn't as as much of a question mark as as the other Mandalore. Yeah, that was going to be my next question: is what do you guys think of the name Grogu? Because like I have such a hard time remembering it, so I just call him Gogurt <laughs> in my head. And I'm like, yeah, get the job done. In the spectrum really of bad Star Wars names, it's it's not the worst. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh it's yeah it's fine I've I've had to get used to it a little bit too but I they kind of messed things up anyway because people called it Baby Yoda yeah. and then they were like oh we don't want people to call it that it's not Baby Yoda like that's not the species whatever and they're like we want to mm-hmm. call it the child and like okay it's like uh the DCEU it's like they didn't even name that that it's just people started calling it that because there wasn't a name and then you know they ran with it or whatever it's like and then yep. they're like oh we're gonna actually name him and it felt just kind of like oh Grogu. So I just kind of moved on. I didn't really have a feeling of one or the other, but I did think it was cute whenever a Mandalorian starts calling him that is at the beginning of one of the episodes <laughs> and he responds he and then like the yeah. Mandalorian gets so tickled at it. Like he actually laughs. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like it. Good times. Um, Ross, you've watched some of the animated Star Wars series, right? Have you 
I watched everything seen... except for Resistance because I I, mm. I tried to watch some of Resistance and it was just it's just far too too kitty for me. Okay, uh, so I've seen yeah. I've seen all um, of Clone Wars and all of um, uh, Rebels. Okay, so yeah. when there was a live action Ahsoka, oh, man. Uh, was that cool? It was awesome. Was it awesome. okay? Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is yeah. really one of the best Star Wars characters, the most fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I mean, and then they the 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 transfer or whatever the 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 interpretation from the comic or the the uh, cartoon version to the live action mm-hmm. version is, I mean, they just nailed it. It is unbelievably good um yeah she it really her, her her entire character arc is um uh probably one of the most because fl- i mean star wars really isn't as much of a character driven it's kind of a space opera so so you know full character arcs do happen but they're not usually character arcs that are you know um the most fleshed out or whatever but um uh, ahsoka is really they because she kind of becomes the central focus of clone wars especially towards mm-hmm. the end um and to see what she goes through and kind of her choices that she makes um and just how capable and how much she grows from when she first got introduced as this annoying kid um, to the end when she's this fully, you know, self-sufficient, incredible fighter. Um, it's just such a cool character arc to see. And then to see her then show up years later. So you, for one, you know, she's still alive whenever, you know, mm-hmm. the Mandalorian thing happens. Um, and to see her still out there doing her thing is just, it's so cool. I mean, she, she really is, mm-hmm. I would say the reason to watch Clone Wars um, outside of, you know, because Star Wars has this thing where the stuff outside of the main kind of like Skywalker circle, the stuff that happens outside of that is almost more interesting in some cases, if not, it is more interesting than some of the stuff that happens in the movies, sort of the, the stuff that happens in between the, the main beats. Um, and that's kind of what Clone Wars does is it, is it fills in those gaps between the, uh, the main beats of the, of the, the sequel or the prequel trilogy. And in some ways it's better than what happens in the, in the sequels, because for one, it makes more sense. Um, <clears throat> some of the stuff that happens in the prequel trilogy is, you know, questionable, um, as far as logic goes. Um, but it really is kind of this like weird plaster that that sort of when you watch Clone Wars, it makes the prequels better, much better, mm-hmm. because they actually go into character motivations and explain some of that stuff. Granted, it's all done retroactively. It wasn't intended that way. But um, the mm-hmm. way they do it is is so brilliant because, um, like I said, it just if it just enhances the the things that they're based around um so anybody that that has problems with the with the prequels i would highly advise that you um watch clone wars and there's also a list there's a site out there i I don't remember i don't recall what it is exactly but it's basically that uh, removes all the filler because there is a lot of filler in clone wars i think it's like 22 episodes a season so in that there's a lot of filler that's just like you know a jar jar and padme adventure which has no bearing on the oh, story fuck yeah. sign brent up <laughs> yeah. yeah dude put your He's boner been... away that's how you were watching steven that's how you were watching x files right like you were yeah. just watching like the main episodes that um i guess push the narrative forward as opposed to doing all of the every single episode yeah right? 
Yeah, for the most part, which is funny because I mentioned liking Monster of the Week earlier, but with X-Files, I got to a point where I wanted just the main, like, UFO stories or whatever. So I would just approach each one and kind of give them a shot and be like, am I bored? Is this, like, especially if they're in the middle of another big storyline and they're like, we're going to go over here for a second. And I was like, fuck you guys. Go back to the main storyline. So, yeah, I've actually... I'm, I haven't started rewatching X-Files, but I am putting together a list of all the episodes where Mulder is watching porn in his office. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and watch it from that perspective. That's I think there's episode. a lot of insight that's mm-hmm. there that, uh, I mean, it's, you know, 2020, almost 2021. Um, just, you know, let it the, all hang out. The jerk know? cut, is that? Is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. The jerk cut. Everybody knows. In fact, uh, under Mulder's desk is a, uh, a mounted fleshlight. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, the, that's why moment. I'm going to, uh, much like Topher Grace did with the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. I'm going to put together yeah. my own supercut. I'm going to call yeah. it the Triple X Files. <laughs> People are going to dig it. I think you know, watch out for that. 2023. It's going to take Sweet. me a while to get this software, but I'll make it happen. Stephen, uh, you haven't watched any of the Star Wars mm-hmm. animated series, so what did you think when Ahsoka came on the? Uh, was that like episode five? I believe it was somewhere of in this there. season. Well, I mean, first yeah. off, just Rosario Dawson is amazing and beautiful and mm-hmm. even with the makeup i was like yeah this is this is great and she's just mm-hmm. a good actress like that i like to see so her pop up and that and for a fan favorite character even though i wasn't a i don't know much about ahsoka Tana and stuff mm-hmm. uh, i was like yeah this is cool um i have thought about watching some of the the animated stuff specifically like ross said to kind of help their prequels which is the same way that the Mandalorian is kind of fleshed out some of those things for, for all of the series, like helping out with like Luke showing Luke this way or whatever, uh, or like the new Obi-Wan series that Hayden Christensen will be a part of. I was like actually excited about that. Cause I was like, maybe they will be able to write some wrongs. Like I'll feel better about what I got with the prequels. Either it'll either flesh out story points or it'll give me moments that I wish I had had or, or they're, you know, better done moments than we had in the actual prequels or whatever. So the cartoon could kind of do the same thing, you know, fill in some of those gaps and show me things that I, I wish we would have been able to see. But uh, mm-hmm. I just haven't given it a shot yet. So um, that's why I'm kind of excited for some of these new shows, though, to, to kind of flesh that stuff out as well. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's interesting that they're bringing Hayden Christensen back as, you know, Darth Vader. But do you think they're going to have James Earl Jones like record every possible word just in case? Because like he's up there in age and his voice is so iconic. Like you got to. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to like hedge your bets here. You know, I don't want to, you know, say anything against the man, but, you know, maybe he's ready to retire. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird. So we'll see. Or maybe they just like take. Uh, excerpts from like all the movies he's been like the sandlot the both lion king movies <laughs> why do they keep calling obi-wan simba that's weird yeah. all right they could do that deep fake with thing with with voices right they can like take like uh like a certain like hours of your voice and and put it through the ai and it can like actually speak um, yeah I feel like that's what they did with Mark Hamill's voice. Like, he probably, like, said the lines, but his voice is so gravelly. They yeah. had to, like, pitch it up or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of adjust yeah. it. Yeah, that's interesting In to think the, about. Uh, the uh, Rebels show, which is the one that's after Clone Wars, um, they actually got James Earl Jones to do Vader's voice. Oh. Um, so that was pretty cool because uh, uh, you can really tell a difference, although he does sound significantly older even with the uh, kind of the modulation that they do on it but uh 
it, it was still really cool to hear like, oh shit, that's actually Vader's voice in there. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Rebels is almost better than than Clone Wars in some ways, although it's a mm-hmm. continuation. Um, it's a yeah. little bit more mature, at least um, like kind of overall, because Clone Wars starts out a little bit childish, but definitely gets more mature as it goes along. So mm-hmm. I would say as a as a series as a whole, I'd say Rebels is almost better than Clone Wars. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I, it was pretty surprising to me that they actually got James Earl Jones to 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 go and do. Granted, Vader's only in maybe five six episodes total of of Rebels, mm-hmm. but he was still like, I heard it. I was like, holy shit, is that actually James Earl Jones? You're like, sure they got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys. I always feel like he's got to be dead now, though, right? Uh, and I looked, he, he's going to turn ninety next year. Holy so, crap! Yeah. yeah, he's getting up there, but he's still kicking. So. Was did Darth Vader? Did he say words in Rogue One, like at the end of Rogue One? Or was he just like slashing remember. ass through that hallway? That's a good question. No, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, was there a point where he was like, gotcha, bitch? Or, you know, <laughs> like literally anything. I don't remember him saying Freddy anything. Quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, uh, uh, since you brought yeah. that up, though, one of the things I, I was talking to my brother about was... Uh, with the Mandalorian and showing Luke come on, like how he methodically went through all of those Iron Man suits uh, oh, to get to yeah. them to save them or whatever was very mm-hmm. reminiscent to me of that scene at the end of Rogue One. And I, I loved it for the same reasons that I just got to see him be the fucking badass Jedi that he was, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, always touted that he could be or whatever. But then it's like, yeah, he's still got some of that Skywalker blood that Vader is using as well, you know, kind of methodical. Yeah. Just walking through a hallway, killing people is pretty badass. I mean, when he squished that one with his fist, that was Mm. so awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. But I was like, maybe just lead with that. (laughs) Maybe just start there. (laughs) Also, when the uh, those um, uh, evil robot, what are they called? Like death troopers or something like that? Dark, Uh, dark dark robot ones. Dark troopers. When they got sucked out into space, I was like, uh, uh. That's not going to work. <laughs> they don't need oxygen, bro. So I, I was so excited when they came back. I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go off. Dubstep music and it kicked in. Yeah, I know, right? That was funny, yeah. Man, when that one uh, death or uh, dark trooper was punching the shit out of Mando, like mm. right in the face, I was like, damn. That was cool. That looks like it hurts. I realize it's a TV show and it's fake, but I was like, that still looks like it would fucking hurt. Very Game of Thrones. It had to be a, mm. I don't know if you guys ever watched Game of Thrones. No, Brent, have you ever I've never seen Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. uh, so so um, Pedro Pascal um, was in that as a. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he, that was the first thing I ever. I think I ever saw. Him. Maybe was yeah. he in Sicario? Cool. Maybe I saw Sicario first. I don't remember. Mm. Anyways, um, Sicario, how you do? <laughs> a spaghetti. <laughs> don't know. There was a uh, uh, there's a scene in there where he fights. Um, this giant guy. He was literally called the mountain. He's a giant, giant, giant man. And, um, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen game of Thrones, but, uh, they fight and he beats the living piss out of him. Um, which you think, um, Pedro Pascal won at first. You're like, Oh sweet. He, he actually beat this guy. And then he tackles him, throws him on the gr- on the ground. And, uh, the mountain takes his hands and just, squeezes them onto Pedro Pascal's face and shoves his uh, thumbs into his eyes and blood starts spurting out. And then his head literally just pops. Did he Um, die? No, no, he came back. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just a little like worm sticking out of his neck. (laughs) 
He's like, I'll be back. <laughs> Let's get I tried to look up uh, Pedro Pascal. I was like, yeah, what else do I know him from? Uh, mm-hmm. And he was in three episodes of Undressed in 1999. Do you guys remember that show? Yeah. Is that like the MTV show? Yes. Amanda and I were just talking wow. about that the other day. How weird. That, like, I remember that show, like watching it a lot, but I don't remember a lot of details of it. But yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Well, he, he was, was wearing the Mandalorian armor in that, oh. and they were like, Can you, you got fully undressed from the neck down. Can you take the helmet off? He's like, no. He was, I can't. He was also in an episode of Touched by an Angel in 2000. So. And Buffy that the Vampire Slayer. That, yeah, there you go. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Eddie. Wasn't he like the lead in Narcos or something? Uh, yep. I think so. I, never, I, I haven't seen Narcos. Javier Pena? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen no. that show either. I, have, I hear pretty good things. Um, mm. At least about different certain seasons of it and stuff, but uh, he he's been so great because like strictly because he's just in a fucking helmet, and I care for him so much. And yeah, and the Mandalorian, he seems like such a genuinely even though he's like a bounty hunter and stuff, he has like a code of honor, and he's mm-hmm. just like a good dude. Obviously, taking care of Grogu and stuff, and he's like, I just yeah. found this kid, I have to take care of him, and then oh, I have to. That's my new mission. I have to get him to his people. Uh, okay, that's my new mission. Like he just goes yep. with it, you know. I love reading um, uh, like reviews of things online, especially from like incredibly uneducated people that don't understand story Um, because there's people that like there were people that got upset that um, instead of um, bringing uh, Grogu back in in, in, like the very first uh, the first season, they were mad because he's supposed to be a bounty hunter, supposed to have this code. And and it's just weird that instead of him. uh, obeying his code he actually kept the child and, and went across and went against the guild and i'm like do, do, do you not understand how story works because that was what made it a unique idea if, if it was just yeah. another routine thing it wouldn't have been worthy of a story um, why are we watching it yeah yeah and then then people were like well it doesn't make sense that he would have taken off his helmet to uh uh to scan his face because he's not supposed to let anybody see his face it's like these people that can't understand like that things that happen that are outside of the the supposed norm are interesting to see like mm-hmm. and they're upset yeah. that he took his helmet off i'm like no 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 he the only reason he took his helmet off was because to show you how much he cared about the child and and it's just it's always hilarious to me to to to, to read opinions to, to go on reddit and see the mm-hmm. most uh, the most downvoted uh comments on there just people <laughs> who don't understand it i'm like <laughs> These are the same people that were truly fooled when most of the MCU was snapped away at the end of <laughs> Infinity War. Man, they got rid of all the characters. Wow, they killed everyone. I can't believe mm. Black Panther's never... Oh, wait. I mean, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, Spider-Man's <laughs> never coming back? I, didn't, I really didn't mean to do that. I'm I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, boy. Do, do you guys... A uh, little side tangent there. Do you guys hope mm-hmm. that... If you're a betting man, do you think it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, Shuri? Taken up yeah. for the new Black Panther. Yeah. We kind of talked about know. that a little bit. I'm not sure. I, I I don't know enough about that story, like comic book wise. But that's the one I mm-hmm. I had thought they were going to do anyway. Was eventually like they were kind of building her up as being her own badass. So I thought maybe they would pass the torch, and like Black Panther three. So I wonder if it's just kind of accelerated now. How that'll work out. I don't know. I hope it's- I I'm not sure. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be like um, the whole thing with Cat passing along the shield, where you know they have to go through that channel. Like maybe the black Panther, uh, like title is passed around through a few different characters through this new movie or something like that. Maybe like in the story of it, like 
T'Challa has to go to North Korea to solve their whole thing. And so he's he's out of the picture and, and uh, there's like an extra suit that gets passed around between like Shuri and M'Baku and you know, other characters. Raton. Yeah, Boca Raton <laughs> is there. I hope that I, I think that the most interesting thing to do would be, would be to make it Killmonger. Um, mm. And I know Killmonger's dead, but, you know, come on. It's comic books. You bring it back. Now he's Lifemonger. Yes. Because mm. yeah, yeah. really, I think um, they yeah. set Killmonger up. I, I still don't think that he's the villain of the movie, honestly. Um, mm. Even though he's set up as the, the antagonist. Yeah, I, it's I, interesting. I, I to do that. kind of agree with Killmonger's, um, uh, like, whatever ideals more than uh uh t'challa's because Mm -hmm. i mean t'challa was just trying to prop up like a a patriarchal society and you know killmonger was like (laughs) nah fuck that i i really (laughs) thought that killmonger uh uh he was my favorite part of black panther if i'm being completely honest but Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I, that yeah, they made interesting points with that movie versus the other Marvel movies. That it's like they really, it's like, like Thanos. You can kind of argue like ha- getting rid of half the people is really bad, but it's like he's trying to save population, like the food source, and like all the stuff. And it's like out of all the villains, though, like I could agree with Killmonger on a lot of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the best <laughs> villain is is one that uh, that you know, kind of like a Magneto or something, where like you you get they're where they're coming from they're not out to mm-hmm. just like steal a bunch of money or rule the world mm-hmm. it's like they're they're trying to you know ostensibly do a good thing just through maybe questionable means and i i think uh, yeah. as far as that goes i think marvel really needs to step up their game when it comes to villains because i think they've they've got the hero part you know down pat but i really think that their their villains are just really really um, kind of lackluster in general but uh yeah, Spider Man Three hand, though, they're gonna of them. correct everything in Spider Man Three. Just bring all of them back. <laughs> That's shaping up to be an insane movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, uh, I'm still thinking. There's been so much news about the cast so early now that I'm like, there's got to be more to it than this than it just being mm-hmm. that there's like all of these Spider Man and all these villains and stuff. Like, you don't know how uh, how how long they'll be on screen, how much of a part. <laughs> how the story yeah. will just go into other things quickly or whatever. You might just see Electro real quick or whatever, or he might be like a huge part. We don't know. Yeah, you know? it's probably just a lot of cameos, like yeah. as he's traveling th- from or dimension hopping, essentially, mm-hmm. and comes across the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and, and whatnot. Um, but like on the, the Thanos thing real quick, like you're talking about how people have like weird opinions on, you know, Reddit in particular. Um it's, it's kind of like when uh, Infinity War came out and people were talking about how, you know, Thanos is getting rid of like half the universe's population because, you know, like food supplies are scarce. And they're like, well, how come he doesn't just like make more food supplies? And I'm like, oh, are you under the impression he's a good dude? Because um, he's not. Um, he's, he's, he's a psychopath. And he's not like actually out to like help people, really. He just uh, really just a mass murderer um, who's who thinks he's approaching it from a a uh, a good light but he's he's really not so which maybe makes him probably into perspective. best villain because he mm-hmm. he does have in a way a compelling argument but he goes about it in a terrible way which yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah. he's by far i think that's why he's marvel's 
you know, arguably you, you see, you still see memes with Thanos and everything. You don't see mm-hmm. anybody, any other Marvel, um, villain kind of done to that, to that, uh, uh, extent or, or, or people, you know, uh, still talking. No one talks about who was who the, the dark world villain, uh, Ma- Malachi, whatever. <laughs> Malekith, Malekith. There we the go. Dark yeah. Elf. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of Trevor that. Slattery, my favorite villain. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I still talk about. <laughs> so before we get into the uh, Asian pop culture talk, uh, since it's just around the corner, actually later this week, um, on uh, Christmas Day, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 oh, yeah. is going to be released in theaters which we can't wait to get to, but also available to stream at no additional cost on HBO Max. Is it sponsored content? No, I wish it was. We can have some money. Fucking SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, Ross, are you planning to watch Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah. Yeah? Do you have high expectations for it? Mandalorian's going to be no. in it after all. No. no. Okay, good. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I hope it's good. Honestly, I think Wonder Woman um, has been the best DC movie so far. Um not saying a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, the DCU proper or whatever, because I, I don't know what you would consider. I guess you would consider the Nolan Batman outside of the mm. whatever. And I guess the Joker, the Todd, uh, whatever his name is, the Joker, not part Phillips. of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if you consider that, I would say Wonder Woman is the best um, DCU today movie yeah today so yeah and I like everybody in it I'm really interested to see mm-hmm. uh Kristen Wiig as a uh, as a villain I think that'll be a lot of fun I really love Kristen mm-hmm. Wiig a lot um mm-hmm. and I'm I'm excited to see uh Pedro Pascal as uh Max Lord I love Max Lord so I think that's going to be an interesting especially mm-hmm. if you know anything about what happens between Wonder Woman and Max Lord in the comics um I'm kind of interested to see if they uh, yeah a lot of <laughs> yes, <this> mm-hmm. sweet <laughs> I'm interested to see a lot of pegging too, weirdly enough. Um, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. At least we'll be at home. You know? I know. I'm really oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Don't even have to get out of the trench coat unless you want to. Unless that's your thing. Well, look, I'm, I'm planning to watch this movie on my phone on the toilet anyway. So oh, that's just going to be hanging out to begin with. So really looking forward to it. I think if they really have to you, go there, yeah. I think it could make the ending of this movie really interesting. Um, although I guess it takes place in 1984, then it's not really... Um, going to uh we're not going to see the ramifications of that later on down the line because but mm-hmm. um so i guess in that case i can just say what it is if anybody doesn't know um in the comic books uh, max lord at one point takes over superman's uh, max lord in the comic books started off as a good guy um he was a rich mm-hmm. uh, uh kind of tycoon putting together um superhero teams um uh, but more as like uh, for for like a prophet. He was like a profiteer. Although sometimes he kind of does things altruistically. He's a, he's an interesting character, um, especially if you go back to like the the, the Keith Giffen stuff when he's like first introduced um, uh, and, and kind of going on. But then whenever was it uh, Infinity Crisis? Is that the right? Infinity Crisis. Uh, Infinite, Crisis. Infinite Crisis. Yeah, Infinity like Crisis. just before that. Infinite yeah. Crisis. Um, uh, she t- uh, Max Lord kind of comes out as a bad guy. Um, he's been like, uh, kind of puppeteering all this stuff behind the scenes for a long time and takes over Superman's brain because that's part of his powers. He can mentally influence and, and, you know, in, in the comics, it was kind of more subtle, but, um, in, in going forward, it, it really becomes like a big deal. He can do that. Actually, I take that back. His powers were never, he didn't have powers back in the old 
Justice League, did he? No. No, he didn't. No, I think it was like later added on That's right. for that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, he has these He's powers. Like, guess what? Can- I have powers now. <laughs> also a three-piece suit. They just, just came with it. Just came with it. <laughs> but but he has, uh, yeah, he can he can mentally control people, and he mentally controls Superman and, and, and starts doing bad stuff um, with him. And... Um, Jacking off on buildings, <laughs> cars, birds. Oh. Jacking off on everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Birds. A web of ski everywhere that I could see. <laughs> and God help you if you have eyes, because they were covered in it as well. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so, so he takes over Superman and, and causes a bunch of chaos and kills people and such. And um, Wonder Woman, um, in order, I guess the only way that she can stop the rampage is to... Um, uh, snap Max Lord's neck and uh, Batman doesn't like it and it creates this whole rift um, within like the you know the big three which is Wonder Woman uh, Superman and Batman they're kind of like the main pillars of the DC universe so it kind of creates a rift between the three of them um, uh, that you know takes I mean carries on for like years in the comics um, it's like a storyline that, that continues on so it's a pretty big deal and plus you know Wonder Woman is one of the few kind of DC heroes that are willing to cross that line. Whereas like in Marvel, damn near everybody's willing to kill somebody at some point or another. Um, mm-hmm. But I will want to do it. Yeah. Just I'll do it for the show. Just, uh, we need <laughs> this we need show. Ratings. Wow. Shoot. Yeah. Fuck. Uh-huh. That's yeah. dark. Michelle Bachman, mm-hmm. bring it. You're like, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't think a lot about Michelle Bachman lately. And the movie, the and the uh, DCU though, like Batman's the one that people have already been pissed about because he's like breaking necks and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. already happened, so it's like that's not obviously clearly not going to happen in the new well, Wonder Superman Woman. Superman does thing. too; he kills. Yeah, it's like everybody's just fucking Zod. killing everybody. So mm-hmm. uh, I did show, or I, d- I did tell Brent that they released the first like three minutes of Wonder Woman eighty four online, and the entire first three minutes just follows <laughs> little girl Diana again, which is my least favorite part about the first movie. And I was Same. like, I, I watched it and I was, I'm actually kind of excited about this. And like coming out on Christmas Day, I'm like, yeah, this will be fun, like a new tradition or whatever, maybe. And uh, and then they uh, they released that thing and I was like, oh, cool. And it was that. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, get her out of there. Yeah. I'm excited because it looks like really colorful. And, I, and I'm glad that comic book yeah. movies are starting to go, hey, the reason that comic books are so cool and successful is because they're these bright, colorful, like exciting stories. And mm-hmm. comics have finally, or comic book movies rather, have finally um, kind of like picked up on that. That I think Guardians was really the first one to kind of like go, you can mm-hmm. have this yeah. big, wild, colorful movie. And it's, it's you know, it's not like a kiddie thing. I think that was a problem with, with a lot of movies, comic book movies where they saw comic books as things for children. And so the movies had to be these like super serious, like uh, mature themed, uh, which is kind of explaining all of the DC universe, um, Mm -hmm. DC cinematic universe um, uh, has got to be, you know, dark and serious and we've got to get away from those comic book tropes. Um, But I think, you know, I think it uh, really started with Guardians where it was like, no, 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 you can have really fun things and it, it doesn't make it less mature that you can still have, um, uh, you know, Ragnarok also and, you know, following yeah. through like Infinity War and Endgame and everything. Uh, I think DC has finally, <laughs> as is their, um, as is their, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? 
modus operandi. I don't know. Yeah, like the um, MO. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit, that's, that's what that means. Okay. Um, <laughs> to finally, years later, go, hey, maybe we should make our movies fun and colorful instead of um, dreary and depressing and yeah. like, bad. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for, for, for this one as far as DC movies go. Yeah. Um, overall, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be fun, but I'm really excited to see what DC's um, kind of what they look like after this. Um, Cause Shazam kind of picked up on that also where um, it's a lot more fun and um, uh, I don't want to say comic booky, but it's a lot more like uh, uh, just um, I, can't get, I can't think of the there's, words. There's some heart to it and the character finds joy in being super powered. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a slog to get through um, like, mm-hmm. like some of their movies have been. Mm-hmm. It's just as much fun as Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. <sighs> so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I don't I really remember that, that one anymore. Justice League also. I think I turned off Justice League after about 15, 20 minutes. I was like, I just <laughs> do not give a shit about it. Because you, you needed more. I you need needed Snyder a four you're, hour cut. You're waiting for the Snyder cut. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, I want more Zack Snyder. I am yeah. oddly excited about seeing it because the uh, Snyder slash Whedon version of Justice League is so it's so bad. It's such Stephen and I watched it together mm-hmm. and uh, it's such like a fun, bad movie where you're like, what's happening? Yeah. Why did to they get make drunk this choice? To with friends? It's pretty fun. Oh, my God. Otherwise, it's, it's so terrible. fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. I have to try that. one. If time. you drink every yeah, time yeah. that movie is terrible, you'll be drunk immediately. <laughs> yeah. Your liver will be ejected from your body. It'll just slide right out of your asshole. Um, so I am uh, looking forward to the the Snyder Cut just to see, like, how how did people think this was going to be better? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why did you? Th- hey, Snyder fans, why do you think this is going to be good? Did you like the other movies, Man of Steel and BBS? <laughs> I'm excited Telling. about it just for the experiment. Just like I was, like, seeing Joss Whedon take over that was, like, a weird. That made me more excited to watch Justice League than I had been because I was like, well, this is fucking weird. And then yeah. now to have him go back and be like, I'm going to redo this. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm a, intrigued enough, but I'm not excited really to watch it. Uh, same with Wonder Woman. I was going to say, like, if if there was a surprise and they released Black Widow on Christmas Day on Disney Plus and they were like, you can only watch one or the other. I'd be like, I'm watching Black Widow today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was easy. I'm yeah. excited for it in the DC universe, but not really otherwise, you know? Gal Gadot's really Someone pretty. Someone online. <laughs> what? Do, do what? Gal Gadot's really pretty, though. I mean, yeah, this is true. That's the truth. It's got that going for it. Mm-hmm. Someone online made a point that they have yet to release a solo female-led superhero movie that takes place in current day. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Black Widow is a flashback story. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Both Wonder Woman movies. Be, yeah. Captain Marvel is a flashback story as well. So yeah, who will be the first? That's weird. It is weird. I like thinking back. I'm like, why? Like, they just happen to be that way. It's not like there's any mm-hmm. real reason necessarily. But I guess Captain Marvel two would be the first one, assuming it takes place in current day. I don't, I don't know or present day. Yeah, is that coming out before Thor? I don't know. Um, I think. So. I guess. I guess hmm, cause, really because question. I I don't know. Would you consider uh, was it Blood and Thunder? Love and Love and Love Thunder. And Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I'm kind of uh, assuming that uh, Jane's going to be more of a focal point than uh, mm. Odinson will be, but I don't know. 
Well, we won't know. I don't no know. Knows. And we I may never know. I don't trust any like release dates anymore. So when you said that, yeah, I was like, yeah. I have no, I don't know if they know <laughs> when they're releasing <laughs> which one first. You know, <laughs> Thor's coming out before Black Widow, obviously. So <laughs> at this point, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've hemmed, we've hawed. Now it's time to move on to we've Asian yeehawed. pop culture talk. So yeehaw. Um, let's do a quick 20 minutes on yeehaw real quick. Um, <laughs> the classic Asian show. Yeah, of course. God, I'm sure there were Asian you know the references banjo. on that show, and I'm sure they were yeah, bad. Probably not good. Oh, boy. Uh, you know what? Let's just move on to uh, <laughs> the other stuff. So, uh, Ross, uh, you have consumed some Asian pop culture uh, in the past. Uh, most notably, you and I bonded long, long ago uh, since we grew up together over a little TV show called Dragon Ball Z. Hell yeah. Uh, was that your first exposure to Asian pop culture? You'd mentioned... Um, off air, you had mentioned um, like Akira and Ghost in the Shell and whatnot. Um, but what was your your first experience with Asian pop culture? I mean, to, that would have been one of the first. I, I honestly don't remember because I kind of got um, mm-hmm. into anime through Wizard, um, the comic book collector's guide, if anyone's <clears throat> unfamiliar. Um, mm-hmm. But they would have little and, – and you being in Oklahoma, you don't get uh, a huge <laughs> amount of uh, things uh, that the coasts might get. So I know like um, when the anime thing started happen was kind of uh, happening was kind of in the, in the, in the late 80s um, when you first started seeing some anime trickle through to the States. Um, but yeah, it would have probably been like around the mid 90s when I was in like middle school or something that I first started like seeing actual – anime things like battle angel elite comics or um i think it was ninja high school was one of them <laughs> yeah um very literal sound effects in that book yeah, where land. like somebody would jump and the sound effect would be jump yeah. and then land would be land it's like okay sure yeah sells the point that. man it really does also i do um distinctly recall in middle school um reading a lone wolf and cub comic book and um our uh teacher who also happened to be a uh coach those are always the best teachers by the way um <laughs> yeah uh uh lean back look top bring, bring bro, what you read bring that up here and i had to uh bring my lone wolf and cub comic book up to the front of the class and he opened it up and started reading parts of it out loud and of course being read by a, a midwestern high, uh, high school coach um, you know, those sound, those things sound really great coming out of his mouth. And I remember being teased <laughs> about that later that I was reading, uh, I won't say the words that they said, um, <laughs> but, uh, got teased for reading, uh, an Asian comic book. Um, so I do remember <laughs> that, that kind of stuff, but my, my first, like where I really just kind of got like super obsessed and, and really like dove in and, and learned everything I could was, was Dragon Ball Z. Um, mm-hmm. which back then, um, the only way you could watch it was Sunday mornings at like five 30 in the morning. It's <laughs> crazy. It's like before the church programming yeah. started. Yeah. Yeah. So we, this is like hyper violent show, but you know, for like, for that age group, it was, it was fairly oh, violent, yeah, was a shitload violent. of fighting Especially back and then. there was like blood in it on occasion. Yeah. You didn't have American mm-hmm. comics never went to that extreme, you know, the, that, that, even even it being censored when it was brought over here, it was still really violent and and mature mm-hmm. for for what it was. Um, but I remember setting the VCR um, so that I would never miss it, and I had all of them mm-hmm. on on VHS tapes. And 
I actually used to uh, take martial arts. I was in, uh, took a Jeet Kune Do class for a long time. And uh, a lot of the kids that went there were, um, were Asian. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We had some Japanese kids that were in the class also. And they actually had um, VHS copies of undubbed Dragon Ball Z tapes. And they were like, they were like VHS and they were copied of a copy of a copy. And uh, they looked terrible. And I remember them giving me some and going home and watching them. I, have no, I, I had no idea what anyone was saying. Um, and, and there was a character, Trunks. And mm-hmm. so, so in the American version, um, you know, I had started watching it and I'd ask the kids that I went to, to, took martial arts with like, Hey, do you guys know what Dragon Ball Z is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, we've got some tapes for you. And they, and I took it home watching and I saw this character with long hair and a sword. And I was like, Oh man, this guy is the coolest. And so in the American version, um, you know, I had recorded all of them and I remember the episode that was like next time on Dragon Ball Z and it showed Trunks jumping down. He had a sword and he, he cuts freeze in half. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be the best. I had never been so excited about anything in my life as, as Mm -hmm. the next episode next week, I'm going to get to see Trunks. So I recorded it, went to play it. And it was the very first episode of Dragon Ball Z. And so, oh no! And so, what I later found out was um, that our, that initial dub they went up right to the episode before <laughs> oh, Trunks showed up. <laughs> and it wasn't until years later that they actually oh. that they actually finished the dub and and went past went through the Trunks saga and and into the cell and all that. And so, I for years like <laughs> this like the bluest balls ever yeah. of wanting to see this character that I like only knew like bits and pieces about and and yeah I was oh god I was so devastated that I didn't get to see Trunks but yeah those initial um that initial run of Dragon Ball Z which was like and this was just Dragon Ball Z they didn't actually show Dragon Ball I don't think there was even a dub of it back then they started at um like basically the uh 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 not rat uh Oh my God! God my 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 referenceometer's terrible this morning. <laughs> but um, Goku's brother, Rat, not Raditz, whatever. Goku's brother. Yeah, yeah. So he was. Uh, he, so 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 in Dragon Ball, the the initial Dragon Ball series when he's like a kid, um, it's just called Dragon Ball. You think he's just this really strong kid with a tail, and it wasn't until Dragon Ball Z that you actually find out that. Um, uh, uh, he's a space alien. And so then they go into like the whole kind of Superman thing. So, so really with Dragon Ball Z, my experience was I started basically in the middle of the story. I had no idea what happened in Dragon Ball. I thought they just started mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z when he was an adult. And then, boom, you find yep. out he, you know, was one of the last of his people or whatever on um, uh, Namek and, and got sent to Earth or whatever. Um, very, very super. Raditz. You're right. Raditz. Oh, so Raditz. Okay, okay, Raditz. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's been forever since I've seen it. But, yeah, that, that was my really first, like, genuine exposure to, like, anime or any kind of Japanese pop culture. And, yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was brutally obsessed with it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we actually had a foreign exchange student, uh, Brent and I, uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mika Sakurai. Uh, shout out, Mika. Uh, mm-hmm. But she... Uh, She's a listener. <laughs> She's a big listener yeah. of the bot. <laughs> She's huge. <laughs> Patreon banner, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I remember she uh, got me a uh, Dragon Ball Z like comic, um, uh, like a Viz uh, or a ju- uh, Shonen Jump comic, and uh, I treasured that thing. 
Um, I don't know where it's at now, but mm-hmm. back then I treasured it. Uh, but yeah, and then that kind of that kind of transitioned then into like um, watching like Akira and Ghost in the Shell and uh, Ninja Scroll and uh, and then like Sailor Moon and I feel like Dragon Ball Z was kind of like that initial thing. I mean, Sailor Moon may have preceded it by maybe a couple years, but I, th- I feel like that is whenever it broke big in America. I feel like, mm-hmm. but e- even then it wasn't years. It was years later until it actually went on to uh, Cartoon Network um, before it got like a lot more recognition. Because again, the only way you could watch Dragon Ball Z was if you wanted to wake up at five thirty on a Sunday morning and <laughs> watch it. So uh, watch it on UPN. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, that, that was, that was definitely my first exposure to it. That's funny. My first exposure to Dragon Ball Z was at a uh, t-shirt shop at a uh, mall in Tulsa. I saw a Dragon Ball Z shirt and it had all the characters lined up on the back. I was so enamored. Like I hadn't seen the show. It wasn't even playing <laughs> in the States yet, and, or at least not in our, our part of the uh, the country. And I was so enamored with the characters. I bought the shirt. I was like, I don't know what this is. I love it. <laughs> and I'm That's so awesome. excited to find out more about it. But we didn't have like the internet readily available to us or like a way to like search it you know there was no uh wikipedia at that point so um i wore the shit out of that shirt and as i found out that the show was playing i would watch it and kind of like ross i was so enamored with who this trunks guy is like he's there with all these other characters but we don't see him yet and it was like several years before he ever showed up on the show (laughs) steven it's like if um, i gotta look this up yeah if it's kind of like if um, one day you saw a, I'm going to go back to this, uh, the poster for Avengers Infinity War. And it was like on a shirt. And you're like, all these characters look cool. I'm so excited to find out about it. But you somehow like got that shirt sent back no. to you in 2008 to time travel. Yeah, that's him. Trunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2008, you're like, I'm excited to find out about all these. I see Iron Man there. I'm going to watch this Iron Man movie. And I'm excited to see all these characters show up. <laughs> and you're just like, well, I don't see a raccoon with a machine gun yet. Um, I guess I'll just keep, I guess I'll just wait for a long time before I get there. But uh, that's, that's kind of how it was. Uh, Yeah. Blue balls for uh, anime was uh, a big thing back then, but uh, because Japan was so far ahead in their like storytelling and everything um, and their, their series over there that it just took a while to make it over here. It's kind of like power Rangers. They were adapting Mm -hmm. seasons kind of as they were coming up and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, Ross, you had mentioned off air that uh, you'd recently, I think, recently watched Akira. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. How I've I've never seen the movie. I haven't mm-hmm. read the the manga yet. I I intend to eventually read the manga and then watch the movie just to see the comparison between the two. Um, what uh, have you ever read the manga? I've not. I've heard it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. I've never read it, uh, and I've heard that the adaptation uh, for the movie is differs significantly. Like they cut out a lot because apparently the manga is very, very long. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so I think there's you know obviously going to be a way more content in the book. Um, but, mm-hmm. and I, th- I want to say that like it actually goes beyond even where the movie goes. Like the story continues. I may be wrong about that, um, but there's some some something kind of in in that vein. Um, mm-hmm. but the animation in it, um, cause back then, you know, Brent and I, we, we were huge animation fans, but you know, the best animation that you were going to get was probably going to be something like, a, like a Disney movie, um, which at that point you, or the Spider-Man animated oh series. 
<laughs> the, the pixelated animation. Yeah. It was like, hey kids, have you ever wanted to really see every pixel <laughs> in every frame of animation? Have you wanted to see uh, cells of animation reused over and over again? Even though the lead character has a mask on, you could tell the words don't match what his mouth is saying. You could tell. You ever wondered what a cartoon looks like at two frames per second? <laughs> that's, that's generous. <laughs> but sometimes I oh, swear boy. to God, they would just like like a person would be talking and they would just reverse a piece of cell animation backwards and forward, and it would just <laughs> yeah toggle it yeah cheap plus oh god uh, yeah. that and like I went back and uh, whenever Disney Plus came out, I watched the the original X Men cartoon and whoo boy, there were some corners mm. cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the uh, finding you know uh, uh, good. American animation back then was was kind of a chore um, outside of like Disney, and you know at that point especially we were that was kind of like kid movies. Even though now I I really appreciate a lot of that that older Disney cartoon animation stuff. But um, at the time, you know, seeing something like Ghost in the Shell or Akira or Ninja Scroll was my personal favorite. I love Ninja mm. Scroll. Um, Hell yeah! Seeing those things were, were it was mind blowing. Like I it it didn't you know it. It, it blew away anything that was from the States um, mm. by 10,000 miles. I mean, it, it was, it's hard to describe to people like what <laughs> it's like going from like 2d to 3d or something like it's like a whole other like world that you didn't even know was possible. Um, and especially, you know, it's a lot more adult content and um, <clears throat> for you youngsters out there, you didn't have pornography um, <laughs> as readily available. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the uh, Camelot Music in the Eastland Mall in Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> they would sell you VHS copies of anime that, uh, well, had boobs in it. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's why I love uh, Ninja Scroll so much, because it was a good story, animation was great, but also it had sex and boobs yep. in it, and I was just, I was all about it. Oh, yeah. Um, hell yeah. 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 And, yeah that, I the, looked up... Uh, that same year, 1988, when Akira came out, Roger Rabbit came out that year. Um, and so did The Land Before Time. <laughs> so this is like, this is the what you're talking about, right? This is like, besides Disney, that's what you got going on. And you're like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Land Before Time is cool at all. But I imagine Akira has some pretty awesome shit going on that oh, uh, man. was a little more mind-blowing. It, it, you could watch Akira with the sound off, and it 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 will blow your mind. And honestly, the story... I guess the story does make sense, but it gets a little, you know, some of that Japanese storytelling is, um, I don't think translates one-to-one to American, um, uh, how we're used to stories being told. Uh, cause sometimes the, the, something gets lost in the translation or again, it's just a, a beat that, that doesn't quite, uh, carry across. Um, but yeah, th- there's just something about, especially that, and I, I've watched some modern anime and I just, I just, it doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know why it just doesn't, uh, doesn't scratch that same itch, but yeah, there is something about that like late eighties through the nineties, uh, anime that is just special. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, th- then you get into stuff like, uh, the studio Ghibli stuff, uh, mm-hmm. like spirited away and, uh, a, a lot of those, um, princess Mononoke and everything that, uh, you know, to elevate 
anybody that ever questioned whether or not animation could be considered like a legitimate art form, I think you just show them spirited away and just sit back. And that's, that's that. Um, because the, you know, they, they, they do visual storytelling. They treat it like it's a, like it's a, uh, like a blockbuster or something like the, the amount of production and care and artistic, you know, integrity that they put into their animation. Um, no one else does that. Not the, not the states no one no one puts that kind of care and and effort into into animation period so speaking of adaptations between uh asian culture and american culture um have either of you ever heard of the band crystal lake mm -mm. okay there's a camp crystal lake which is in Right, yeah. Uh, but this band is called Crystal Lake. Um, they are a Japanese metalcore band from Tokyo, and uh, they formed in 2002, according to Wikipedia. And I, uh, I bring them up because, Stephen, it comes up a lot on this show, um, the band Limp Biscuit. And yeah. there are only mm -hmm. two people who are bigger fans of Limp Biscuit than me. One is Fred Durst, the second being... Mr. Ross Lichtai, mm -hmm. who's with us today. And I bring up this band because, like I said, they're a, a band from Tokyo, but they actually did a cover of a Limp Biscuit song uh, featuring uh, this guy named Senta. But uh, they did a song, or I'm sorry, a cover of the song Rollin'. And Sweet. this song Friends fucks. <laughs> Ross is it excited. really does. The, the, uh, the one criticism I have is that um, there's not, uh, like when West Portland plays... Uh, the guitar riff there's like some melody there this is very much just like kind of chugging riffs so that part of it's out of there but otherwise uh this will make you get in a pit faux show even if you're in your car you got to find a pit N find your nearest pit hey hey siri find nearest pit <laughs> it's martian time <laughs> mastodon um so that would be my recommendation uh out uh, for some uh, asian pop sorry culture all there. i could find is dale key one <laughs> and if you get that joke <laughs> that's a that's a different kind of pit that's a uh, image comic series called pit steven okay pit with two t's yeah oh, I totally it. yeah I, i've read I i've read all of those you can tell when steven likes something his eyes get real squinty <laughs> um hey it's a, this is japanese day right sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i speak cut of that you, out <laughs> Well, you used to say about being teased. I was teased in elementary school for looking like an Asian person because my eyes are so squinty. That actually happened. Really? That actually happened. How did we not? How how did it mm -hmm. take this long for it to finally come up? Because it's weird to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but are you telling me when I mentioned it eighty-four times recently on the podcast for posterity's sake? I forget. You know, I blocked most of it, it out, but okay. Yeah, yeah it didn't happen uh, a lot. Yeah, just like happened. a light with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, right, you well, going to play uh, one of this this song? I can. I'm excited. Like me too? I want to okay. get a little bit of it. Right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is.
So <laughs> it's awesome. it's like that. It's uh it's really like higher en- energy and everything. It doesn't quite have the groove of the original Limp Biscuit uh, song, but you know what? It's a it's a nice alternative. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, that song fucks. It's hard to beat those uh, those those West Bolden riffs, man. Yeah. I know. I'll, I'll defend. I'll defend Limp Biscuit till the day I die. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, what I try to tell people is like, don't don't look at it like in the same um, like like light that you would look at like a Pantera or a Slayer or something like that. It's like a cartoon version of metal. Like it's like a. Hmm. It's like kind of how Primus is to um, like I don't know alternative or whatever you you would say. Like uh, like I feel like Limp Biscuit is that to metal. Like. Maybe they didn't intend it to be that way. I think maybe Wes did. Um, maybe the rest of them took it more seriously. But I think if you look at it like in a non-serious light, I think Glenn Biscuit is just a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, mm. I'll, I'll fight anyone who says differently. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you describe that. It makes sense, yeah. Especially the first yeah. album. I think $3 Bill Y'all was unassailable. I think it's, it's legitimately great. I was just listening to that yesterday. Just unrelated to anything. Like, it's just part of my normal, like, listening... Uh, it's like just for listening pleasure. It's it's on regular rotation. That's you so have good. one ear pod that's always playing Limp Biscuit. You can always pop it in, right? Yeah. Thought mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I look or I work in the financial sector, and I have to know if something's a counterfeit. Fake. <laughs> you know, it's it's important. I have to know. I have to tell. I wish people could I'm see the, the shoulder move when you did that. It was really good. <laughs> The last line of defense for uh, monetary <laughs> instruments, you know? Oh, man. Gotta, gotta be on the lookout. Mm. Uh, yeah, you really are. Um, so let's, uh, we've been talking for an hour and 41 minutes at this point. Um, so maybe we should discuss the uh, the main topic at hand here, which is the uh, 2019 film Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Stephen, do you have the... Uh, the uh, information this movie pulled up like i'm not gonna make you go through the cast and crew I was say you want me to go through th- these names brent yeah do you want to get yeah, sued yeah uh-huh. yeah uh-huh do you want to lose Let's all try. of our hey, look i just want to find out if people are listening or not like uh the ratings clearly aren't working um so uh but this movie did win uh several awards at the academy awards in uh mm-hmm. 20 I, I, was that at the beginning of this year then for 2019 yeah, it was february yeah Holy okay shit. god that seems like Isn't such a insane? fucking long time ago yeah. So in the same year that Sonic the Hedgehog came out, <laughs> the Academy Awards came out, and this movie won them. Yeah. Won several of them, I think, right? Crazy. Yeah, it won three or four. Okay. Yeah. Four. Um, I, th- I believe it won Best Picture. Best Picture, right? Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best International Feature Film. I get it. Yep. It makes sense to me. Yeah, right? It does. Yeah. It cracks me up that Trump actually complained um, that the best picture was a was a Korean movie. He's like, "What's up with that?" Like, <laughs> I didn't even remember that happened. That's yeah. He, again, he, just he crazy. Couldn't understand year. why. <clears throat> well, he doesn't like reading. He, yeah, he couldn't like, watch it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I guess that's the difference. Is like I can't, I can't, or I don't like reading. He can't read. Is the main. <laughs> Well, and there are pictures so. with this, Brent, so you're good. They're moving it pictures helps. even, yeah. It helps. Yeah, um, it really does help I, tell the story, I think. I did I did before the show. I, I looked at the Wikipedia last night and uh, a little bit today, and I was going through. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do better with these names today, like even the character names. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to butcher 
everything on here. I, I know Look, it for there's sure. Look, a, there's a Kevin, there's a Jessica. Well, okay. he's we're, doing, those. we're doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, so if uh, listeners, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, it's currently available to stream on Hulu. Mm-hmm. If you're here in the States, outside of that, I don't know what to tell you. The movie's been out for a little over a year. Uh, hopefully you've seen Do it. Do your own work. If not, yeah, uh, yeah uh, there's going to be spoilers ahead. But it's a very good movie. Certainly watchable. Um, so pause it here and uh, come back to yeah, it uh, on, if you want to watch it. Honestly, this is a movie I think that if, if you're like, oh, I'll watch it and I didn't really care about spoilers, I would say legitimately to to not listen to <laughs> Do not listen to this podcast. No, no, like, <laughs> yeah. like, legitimately, don't, don't spoil this movie for yourself because I, I didn't oh, yeah. know anything about it going in, and it, it is one movie I would have been really pissed if someone had spoiled it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of plays into the plot. Um, I, I had only seen it once when it came out, and then I watched it again the other day, and uh, I was so excited to see it again because I liked it. A, I would say a lot the first time I saw it, but um. After it got all the praise and stuff, I was like, yeah, I need to revisit this. And watching it again, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really, really fucking good. But it uh, mm-hmm. it really fits into I, I, I bring up on the podcast sometimes that I just want to watch a movie that goes completely off the rails. Like uh, I mentioned this movie, Miracle Mile, that's like a romantic comedy. And then midway through like atomic bombs drop and it's like, what's happening? <laughs> and it's just weird. And this movie too, play like I remember watching it and being like, I, I think it's a comedy. I guess it's like in the beginning, I'm like, I think it's a comedy. And like, they're just like, we're going to bring all of our family in and stuff. I think it's and listed then, like, as a it, comedy. It changes so That's much. Funny. And like, if you knew anything about it, it would really ruin it. But uh, as it plays out, it's like mm-hmm. comedy and then like tension and then like murder. And it just gets fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's listed, I, it's, it's I listed as a comedy movie yeah. on Hulu. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't know how I mean, to yeah, say yeah, otherwise. Kinda. Like, I don't know what this is. And it's not like gut busting laughter at the beginning. It's just like, you know, kind of fun yeah. scenario or whatever. But um, I, too, went into watching this movie just like as blind as possible. Um, I had uh, the mountain gouge both my eyes out, but they grew back. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so I I watched the movie and I had heard nothing but praise. And I was just like letting the story unfold for me. And this was back in, I guess, February, like after I had won Best Picture and everything. Uh, I was like, okay, um, white people said this is safe to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll do it. So, uh, it's like the Green yeah, Book I, I liked it then, yeah. but I think I really enjoyed it more the second time mm-hmm. because I had it. I couldn't quite remember the beats of the story, but I yeah. remembered like the the end, the very like dark ending to this, and I couldn't quite remember how it got there. But like now, seeing how the pieces are laid out and everything, man, the, it's such like a tight story. Mm-hmm. Like it. The this movie gives the characters room to breathe and, you know, the the um, the little like character beats and everything in there are, are so good, but it doesn't ever feel like slow. It feels like it's like constantly moving to me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, it's very well crafted and it's it feels like there's there's not a lot of fluff. There's not a whole lot that really happens in the first half of it. Um, they just get kind of get hired and like keep hiring on and whatever and that's it and then it's really like halfway through whatever the the old um maid comes back or whatever and the housekeeper comes back and that yeah. to me is like that's weird and she goes in the basement and she's been there a while and then they go down there and she's up on the wall and i was like oh this is a horror movie she's like up she's like a, a creature or a demon or something like that and then i was like oh no she's just moving the wall oh there's a secret door oh my god and then like it just keeps going and from then on it's just like bizarre but enthralling like i can't look away Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, 
the the weirdest part of this whole movie for me and again this movie gets very dark is at the beginning of the movie you uh, meet the main family um, who are uh, less well off yeah, I would fair to say I think it's fair to say that they're poor because they're kind of yeah. like scrounging for these uh, little jobs to uh, make ends meet and whatnot the most uh, shocking part of this whole movie is at the beginning when you see their house uh, and they're looking for Wi-Fi. Son goes into the bathroom. It walks upstairs to a heightened elevated <laughs> toilet. Weird. Yeah, still gets me. This is a weird move. Like there's a like a, a little like skylight to where you could see like the 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 bottom part of a building or whatever. So it's like I want this toilet to be high enough to where I can look out <laughs> look outside while yeah. I'm shitting. You know, uh, it's kind of weird. But uh, you know what? Uh, each culture is different. Uh, I'm just glad I don't have to like walk upstairs to make boom boom. I still don't understand it. I don't know why the toilet's so high. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's ever an explanation for that. Uh, But it, yeah, definitely weirded me out. Maybe it's like a plumbing issue for that part of Korea. I don't know. I mean, they're in a basement. Yeah, could be. Got to be a certain height. Mm -hmm. Um, Ross, what did you think of Parasite? You like it? Terrible. No. <laughs> no, I thought it was, I, I think it's, it's one of the best movies I've probably ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. g- uh, going into it, like I remember. Wait, better than Rollerball? Well, okay. Hold on. <laughs> the remake? I said yeah. one of, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one with the uh, Slipknot cameo in there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only reason I we went to go see it when it came out in theater? <laughs> Uh, oh, no, no awesome. it, I, I, it was one of those that I, you know, tried really hard cause I, I started hearing, you know, more and more people talk, talk about it and that was just incredible. And, um, from, from some of the, uh, like the promo stuff that I'd seen from it, I thought it was a horror movie going into it mm. because I'd seen like one mm. image where like people were, I think it was like they're in the yard and you see like a black bar over some of their eyes and stuff. So I thought, mm. oh, well it's like a, it's like a serial killer. Maybe it's like, you know, kind of a, like a supernatural something or other happens in it. Um, um, so going into it, yeah, again, I, I like, like Stephen said, I, I didn't know, like, is this, as it, as, th- as things are unfolding, you start to go, well, I think there's like a mention of like a ghost or something at one point. Mm-hmm. And you start yeah. thinking like, oh, this is gonna, this family moves in and then, and then, you know, the, cause, cause you, cause we're so used to, I think American, you know, standard storytelling and, and American tropes where in an American movie, you would kind of the first half of the movie you can kind of see it happening where like a, an impoverished family scams a rich family and moves into their house. And then in an American movie, you know, there would be a ghost in there and it would kill them or something, you know, you picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting that to happen. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, but also in my mind, I'm like, well, this is a, you know, it's a Korean movie. So are those tropes going to play out? I, I think kind of like your, your expectations, I, I think help the movie because you're expecting one thing and you really don't know where mm-hmm. it's gonna go and because uh, in american movies too often i i feel like i can kind of i know where the story's heading like you, you know you've seen you watch thousands and thousands of movies y- you can kind of see where it's headed and i i felt like oh yeah i know where this is going i, I know what's happening and um but yeah it, it just completely takes left turns at, at every point when i think i i kind of know what's going to happen next and and towards the last half of the movie I don't know what's going to happen. And it's so, I feel like it's so rare for that um, anymore for me, just because I I watched way too much TV to, uh, for me just to be like on the edge of my seat. Like, I don't know who's going to die. I don't know what kind of movie this is. I don't know. I, I, Mm -hmm. I just had no 
idea where it was heading. And I think that made it so tense that I really enjoyed that, especially when, when, you know, the, for me, the, the, even watching it again, like I was sweating practically, um, when, you know, the, the, the housekeeper comes back and, um, you know, the, the, you find out what's going on in the basement and then you, the, the, they get the phone call that the, um, you know, the wife says, Hey, we're going to be home in eight minutes. Like Mm -hmm. I, I felt in a good way, like, like sick to my stomach, like, like just the sense of dread. And even though when I'm watching it a second time, I knew where it was all heading. God, it's so tense. Like it is so unbelievably mm-hmm. tense. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just then, then from that point out, it's just like a roller coaster to the end. Like you said, it's, it's so, yeah. there's no fat in it. It's, it's trimmed down to bare bones and every line in it kind of, um, especially watching it a second time, I really saw, um, how much, um, how many things were like kind of referenced. And then, uh, and then you would see, I mean, almost everything is kind of like a, like a, like a mirror flipped image, um, fr- from the poor people to the rich people. Um, mm-hmm. how, you know, everything from, uh, like at one point, whenever they, they, uh, go back and it's flooded and they're, um, you know, they're in that shelter and the people are handing out clothes and then it, it flips over and you see the wife going into her gigantic walk-in closet and she's got, you know, 10,000 shirts. And you, you, you see this kind of like mirrored image um, throughout the movie. And I think it's and it, even even with the with the poor families or, or, or with the you know caretaker families, you see um, uh, uh, parallels between, uh, you know, when, when the the previous caretaker is talking about her husband, um, and how he's escaped the debtors and how they, you know, he had opened a, um, it was like a bread shop or a treats shop or something like that. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the movie, you had seen the, the main family, you know, they had talked about how the father had a failed like treats shop. So you, so you, there's like so many little like parallels all throughout the movie. And I think that's why it deserved to win, um, uh, screenplay or whatever <clears throat> the, the, yeah. the the writing deserved it because uh, there's not a wasted bit of dialogue and everything is a reference to something else that mirrors something else and I mean I think you could spend you could spend weeks dissecting this movie and finding all the cool little parallels and all of the the callbacks and all of the uh, uh, the way the movie is just completely self-referential like in the coolest way um, uh it's almost distracting in a way. Like I found myself when I was watching it a second time being like, Oh yeah, Hey, this is a callback to this and this is referencing this and all the little, the little, um, uh, just little bits of dialogue all serve a purpose to, to not only push the narrative forward, but to kind of, um, like expand this like pathos that's like within the movie. Mm -hmm. That's this, you know, parallel between the rich and the poor and even the poor fighting against each other, you know, to, to service the rich. And uh, there's just so many layers and so many interesting little, um, uh, uh, just, just, just little interesting bits of, of information that happen in the movie. It's just, it really is like an incredible movie. And then, you know, there's tension in it. Um, there's, there's action, there's humor. I mean, it's got, it's got, it, it ticks every single box of, of a movie that you would want to watch and enjoy. It really is just like, like almost a perfect movie in a way, like where it's just, 
it just is so clean. It's just mm-hmm. so I'm trying to think of like an American like equivalent and I'm I'm really not coming up with anything that that Showgirls. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. clean when I think showgirls, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to take a shower after I watch uh, that movie. Tremors. Um, what are some? <laughs> <laughs> There's no fat. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> so, uh, I, Ross, I want to touch on something you said. Uh, you had mentioned the uh, whenever the rich family is coming back from the uh, their abandoned camping trip, um, the mom calls and uh, she calls the new housekeeper and says, I need you to make ramen in eight minutes. You know, that's the time it'll take for them to get there and, and be ready for them once they walk in. I am such a bad cook that I cannot cook. And then if like my wife asked me to make her ramen in eight minutes, I'd be like, well, I just, I guess this is it. Um, it's the end of the road for our relationship. I don't, I don't even leave. know where to begin. Like boil water. Okay. Like, I guess let me figure out where the pots and pans are. I don't know. Loaded I don't know how to that do you this. Having your pants out. You just. <laughs> <laughs> this is my oh, Do you have a recipe on your phone? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not the uh, combination to our safe. Uh, yeah. Even, even the ramen. So I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, well, uh, Brent, obviously not, but uh, Bidging with Babish. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great cook cooking show mm-hmm. on YouTube. I've seen a few, yeah. Um, and he cooks a lot of uh, foods that are from like like TV shows and movies and stuff. Um, and he kind of like like puts it. He'll sometimes he'll put his own spin on it or or plus it up or whatever. <clears throat> well, on this one he explains the um, and I cannot remember the name of the the dish that she called and asked them to make. Well, uh, funny enough, the the dish that they she asked them to make is uh, super basic. It's two different specific kinds of ramen mixed together, and then mm. you just grill beef and put it in there. Um, and, and, uh, so, so even that was this, um, helped flesh out like the ideas of the story. So ramen is a super cheap food for that, that tons of people eat. Um, uh, but, but, you know, the cheap food is something that the, 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 the poor, and I wish I could remember the names of anything cause this would make it much easier than saying the poor family and the rich family, but the poor yeah. family, the ramen would be something that they would make. Right. But then the sirloin is a, is an expensive cut of meat. So, um, it is sort of this mashup of, we want this super cheap, easy to make thing that your family would eat. But with ours, we want the, the sirloin mixed in, right? Which mm-hmm. is an, you, especially then they probably would have had like a $50 cut of, you know, meat. It would have been expensive. Yeah. Wagyu or something like that. Um, it looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so even that was like this insidious idea of this insidious, like poor family nesting within the rich, you know, piece of steak. And so it was just kind of like combination. And so, so mm-hmm. even in the food, uh, that's how tight the I think the script is <clears throat> that even the food uh, is is sort of a a, a, a a theme in the movie of uh, it just everything in the movie just clicks and has a purpose and tells its own little kind of story in a way. So I thought that was really interesting. And I, I had no idea whenever they asked her to make it because I didn't know what that food was. But watching that binging with Babish, I recommend anybody out there go watch that because uh, it looks delicious. And uh, uh, but yeah, that, that was another thing that just like blew me away how how tight that script is. Well, speaking of metaphors for this movie, the original maid, she's allergic to that peach skin or the, you know, that mm-hmm. like fuzziness that's on a peach. And they use that to get rid of her. Um, and as we all know, in this day and age, 
uh, we all know the peach emoji is a metaphor for asses. So effectively, <laughs> she's allergic to asses. And who has an <laughs> elevated toilet where they put their ass? The poor family. Wow. It's all there. Wow. Bong Joon-ho. Nice. I said you could You've spend weeks it. finding the parallels in this mm-hmm. movie, and there you go. There or you, you go. get a toilet There's involved a and Brent's in it, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Brent is inside that toilet. That's why it's so tall. He has to stand up. <laughs> pokes mm-hmm. his head up. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't hit the handle. Stephen, what do you think of this movie? You like well, movies. What do you think of this I one? I do like movies, yeah. And I wanted to say, I also was trying, again, when I was trying to read the Wikipedia earlier and be like, I, I'm going to try my best to say these names. And I, I was thinking specifically, I'm going to call them the poor family and the rich family because it's the easiest. But if we do want to call them by their names, it is pretty easy. The Kim family is the poor family. The How Park family. Kim. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like possible? Kim possible. Okay. Makes sense. And yep. the Park family is the rich family. So As in Jurassic. We'll see, yeah. We'll see if that. Okay. Yeah, that rich, because he's rich, he can build Jurassic Park. He's the rich guy. Mm-hmm. And then it's impossible for them to move up in the world without being devious. Perfect. Okay, we got there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it's just it's just really, really well made. I rewatching it and the 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 weird tension that comes throughout the movie as as they they're just like caught like coming home, whatever. And then so like there's like so many parts where they're they're jumping around the house trying to hide and everything. And it's all just like, yeah, it's funny, but there's tension during it. And then mm-hmm. that immediately leads into like them like kicking the old housekeeper down the stairs and she has like blood on the back of her head and they're like tying the husband up and then like it just keeps going and keeps going and then um i had actually forgotten what happens the only thing i really remembered was the very very end that i knew that the kim family dad stays in the basement like the sub sub basement the hidden one and that's all i really knew i didn't remember (laughs) that that guy goes crazy and gets a knife out of the party and all yeah. that shit and as it's as it's playing and like he subdues oh he he grabs the the rock they get at the beginning to to bring mm-hmm. them good good health and good wealth and he hits the sun over the head with it twice and you're like oh that guy's a goner for sure and then he's all bloody and stuff and he goes upstairs and it just becomes like an actual horror movie where mm-hmm. i didn't really remember watching the trailer i don't know if i went into the movie the first time knowing i know i didn't know much about the story but uh, I don't know if I had like a you know an idea going in, but it really is pretty horrific by the end of it. Um, that party is so traumatizing for everybody involved. And then when the Kim family dad snaps as his daughter is dying, and the other guy grabs his nose, uh, trying to get his keys out from that you know the guy that just got killed or whatever, and it just mm-hmm. he just snaps, and it's just all so surreal. And everything about it, just the way it plays out, I I was just floored I, all over again. I had forgotten so much of it that it just took me on a whole other journey. And I was just like, God damn, this is like just so good. Like, I, I don't know how much mm-hmm. else to say that. But yeah, it's just good. Well, Stephen, you joked earlier, like when Ross was telling us about the uh, the mountain killing the Man- Mandalorian by crushing his head. Mm. Um, and you were like, oh, did he survive? Mm-hmm. I... I forgot the the thing with the sun getting mm-hmm. hit with that rock twice. Uh, first one off screen, first uh, the second one on, Hardcore. and it's just like I don't even. I would love to see how they filmed that yeah. because it. I watched. I went back and watched it like three, four times. Yeah. This this viewing, I was like, I what? I have to see the seams here, and I can't find any. 
Um, but I just knew that kid was dead. But then like later he, you know, comes out of his coma. He's got brain damage of, of some sort, I guess. Um, he turns into the Joker, yeah. but he, <laughs> uh, he's, story. he's alive. And I, I totally forgot that he survived the whole I thing. The sister did not. But um, a bummer. I man, loved her. It, I loved the sister. Oh yeah, I she thought was she was she was the probably my favorite part of the movie on the second rewatch because mm. she she plays that 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 role so well. She goes in there mm, and yeah. just immediately like, <laughs> like I love it, especially when she's, uh, you know, trying to convince her of the art therapy. And this is the schizophrenic area and everything. And later they're like, how did you know that? She's like, I don't know. I read something and just made shit up. Yeah, she's like, I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> Ad-libbed a lot of it. I like too because she's like, did something happen in first grade? The mom's like, <gasps> And it's oh. like she was totally just like taking a stab in the dark. <laughs> Speaking All those uh, Herald teams she was on uh, really paid <laughs> off there with, uh, with improv. Yes. Um, I was uh, I was going to say um, something, but it's left my brain now. Mm. Um, oh, OK. So the 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 Kim family, even though they're like technically family, like you've got two parents and two kids, they don't operate like a traditional family. Like they all feel like partners, like mm. equal partners. Because there's a, a scene where when the mom gets hired on with that, uh, with the, the um, Park family, she goes in there and takes food to the daughter who is like, you know, teaching the uh, the uh, the Park's son. And she's like, uh, next time knock or or whatever. But the mom doesn't get like pissed off about it or whatever. She's just like, OK, whatever. Um, so there's not really like they're like technically a family, but they don't really operate like a traditional family. I guess to where there's like a hierarchy. It's all just like mm-hmm. who can get us in. We're all going to like pitch in money toward our own family to um, try to move up. Yeah. In the world, I guess the dad is the one who's like the best plan in the world is no plan because you'll never mm-hmm. be, you know, like it, it'll always just happen, whatever. And the son is the one that's actually trying to be like, he's the mm-hmm. one that first gets a job. He's like, he's the more of the parent. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if there is one of that group, but, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're kind of just like a self-sufficient like unit or they're trying to be all mm-hmm. together. But, um, I, I wonder too, cause they're already like the, the, their teens or adults, you know, like they're already high school, college age or whatever, but it's like, what was their dy- dynamic like when they were little kids? Like were they, mm-hmm. they were probably folding pizza boxes with them, you know, and, uh, trying to get however work they can, whatever work they can. The one thing I thought was weird is that at the end of the movie, the father is writing a letter to the son whom he sees getting carried out. He's all like bloodied up and sees him getting carried out by the um, the uh, the park's daughter. And like, why would you write a letter to him instead of the mom whom he sees is she's got like a couple of ar- uh, slashes on her arm from uh, the knife. Uh, from the one guy, but yeah, this movie sucks. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, right. you know what? He did say that he did say because you are a scout, so I guess he was he was banking on the fact that hoping. he would be the only one yeah. that would know Morse code, maybe. Yeah. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Him wrong. God Good damn job, it, Ross. Brent he sucks. thought of everything. <laughs> I would say the one thing that kind of on the second rewatch that made that kind of made me go, this maybe doesn't quite stack up, is the fact that the entire Kim family all seem very competent. So why are they so poor? Like that that would be my only kind of thing is like they 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 were like super efficient at 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 you know getting in there and and taking this family over that like why were they just folding pizza boxes? It seemed like somebody with that much um uh, sort of like cunning and intelligence would be able to find a better way to make money, but that that would be my only kind of like why mm-hmm. for a second was like well that doesn't 
they seem efficient. They don't seem like dumb people. They seem all very smart and and capable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think that's like that's people in general. Like there are people in life that we know that are like, boy, if you really like put if you stop scheming so much and just like really just like got a nice job or whatever, you could become the president. Probably, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, at that point, you can grab whatever you want. There's, there's no <laughs> recompense for that. You just do whatever you want at that point. Um, but yeah. And yeah. Uh, they had a part yeah. where they did, the dad mentioned after they had gotten their jobs and they were like celebrating in their house, um, whatever. He mentioned something about like, even in an era where like 500 university grads are applying for like a security guard position that they'd all got, he was like the, a marvel that they all got jobs. It was like just about connections. And I was mm-hmm. reading about it. I was trying to like, uh, find out more about the movie or whatever. And some of the, the themes and stuff people wrote about and like the, the class warfare of it. And they were like throughout the movie, like you see that like they don't even like the mom is like, I don't even care about papers like she they worked on so hard to make their their fake documents that he had like graduated university. And she's like, I don't care. You were recommended. And it's like that's the most that they care about. Like there's there's moments where they talk about with the daughter, like the the, the son mentions like the daughter looks really good in the house. He, she had been in the bathtub watching TV and he was like, you look like you fit in here. And it's like, what is the difference between a poor person and a rich person? living there like they just have the money the 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 rich people are actually dicks most of the time you know being like mm-hmm. oh i haven't been on the subway in forever those people smell and it's like what really separates them you know just the money it, it's kind of an interesting play on it as well so there's just the a lot of layers even, so the son even kind of mentions that at the end where he says do i fit in here yeah asking the yeah the daughter oh yeah the daughter yeah that he's like hooking up with <laughs> yeah which is weird because like I understand, like, maybe the son didn't graduate, uh, like, high school or whatever, but, like, even his friend, who's mm-hmm. the the original tutor, like, they just, like, she, she seems so young. She seems like she's, like, 14 or something yeah. like that. They're like, well, just wait till she goes off to university. Yeah. Uh, bruh, that's going to be, like, six years, man. Just, like, I think they said I she was a sophomore, someone your own which age. would be, like, yeah, probably, like, 15, 16. Oh, okay, I take it back. Never mind. You know what? He's covered everything. <laughs> Tell you, <laughs> tighter in the butthole. This script. <laughs> oh man! Damn. I did think that the uh, the sister was was super cute though. Like I I she was she was just like I she was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I mean, she was super conniving and, and smart, but also I was like, oh the uh, the Kim sister, adorable. not the. Yeah. Uh, no, the Parks one. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, the, the young one, the really young. That's one I liked. <laughs> well, I hear she's going to go to university soon, yeah. so you know. See, I looked her, her up out. though. She's twenty-one years old. The the young daughter. Are you serious? Movie. Yeah. She, Damn. Yeah, and so I was like, that's what. It's just hard to like, and with movies especially when they play, like obviously they play her younger, and like right. it's weird or whatever. But like uh, then in real life, it's like, oh, it's it's okay. Well, they could have like, fucked up. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, the girl who played Knives, was like one of the mm. oldest ones in the cast. Like she oh, played crazy. like the high schooler, and she was like older than most of everybody else in the movie. <laughs> yep. So there you go. I felt better about that Damn. one. Damn. <laughs> 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 there we go. Totally um, yeah, she was born in '99. Uh, so that's weird, though. Just to think of anybody born in the late '90s. That I, yeah. Yeah. 
Two years after that first Limp Biscuit album, it's oh yeah, wow, that's hard. Revolves. That's that's rough. <laughs> Where was she in relation to Limp Biscuit though? Yeah, uh, that's everybody. Ask. That's what everybody needs Let's to know. Her significant <laughs> other, hot dog flavored water. I need to. Nineteen ninety nine, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, and the uh, right, any, the Kim family yeah, sister was is twenty nine years old in real life. So she, I imagine, was twenty years old. So <laughs> yeah, in real life though. Yeah. There you go. That's crazy. Um, have either of you ever seen, oh God, was that Netflix movie that, uh, Bong Joon-ho did? Um, uh, oh, yeah. Is that who yeah. Uh, sure. Never seen it. Heard of it. You would know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I've, nor have I, uh, I've seen the host uh, two out of three. Uh, you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that was uh queued up next on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched oh, I it watch yet. It, yeah, I people like the host a whole lot. Um, I've seen it like three times. I've tried to get mm-hmm. into it more. It was like one of my first uh, experiences with Asian pop culture, and I mentioned it to my wife Amanda the other day because when when I she watched like parts of Parasite with me again, um, she was in mm-hmm. and out. But um, I was like, yeah, there's there's like certain parts to uh, seemingly Korean culture at, at least, but maybe more Asian cultures that. Um, I just don't understand like and watching these movies like sometimes I focus on like the like the tall toilet like with the stairs I was like I'm so focused on that I'm like this dynamic is really weird to me and I it's like a different world and then uh, mm. the host has this part where they're like grieving for someone and everybody is in this room it's like a funeral parlor sort of with no chairs they're all on the ground and they're just like wailing and I looked it up. It's like in that culture, like they, if I remember correctly, like they're spear spear fishing for whales. They're, yes, they're all with little ice holes. Yeah, in the bottom of the floor. <laughs> it's weird. That's what I'm saying. You get fixated on yeah. it. Uh, no, yeah. they're just like crying and like like just I don't know. They it's just very loud. It's very for me especially. Like I don't like crowds. I don't like a lot of people. So it's just very overwhelming. Um, and then in the movie, like everybody's doing that it's kind of like the the culture but then they start like going berserk and they're like on the ground like thrashing just like wailing in front of people and i i it's, it was so jarring when i first watched the host that I, yeah. I i just like couldn't get into it whatever but it's actually like pretty badass and once i i think like the second or third time i was like getting into it more so i want to watch it again it's been a long time but it has the same dad of the kim family he's like the main mm. dude in the, in the host as well so if oh, you like cool. him, yeah, you'll probably like that as I, well. I was going to ask if this, like, Parasite is a thematic uh, sequel to The Host, just based on the name. That's what I was going to say. That, oh, host yeah. and Parasite, yeah. that's really... Yeah. So the, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's the thing, is, like, I went into Parasite thinking more of a horror film because The Host is, like, about a literal river monster who, like, oh, okay. captures people and, like, you know, it's like a... There's, like, some it's like a nuclear experiment gone wrong sort of thing gotten the water supply it's like a simpsons three-headed or three-eyed fish type of situation you know but like it's terrifying mm. and it's huge um so yeah. it's an actual literal monster movie you know and then i was like yeah parasite okay. like makes sense like what's gonna happen in this thing you know and uh the, and it's totally different yeah. than you expect I was going to say the, the scariest part of Parasite for me is when um, the mom is talking to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the the park's mom is talking to um, Jessica, quote unquote mm-hmm. Jessica, um, and telling him about, uh, or telling her about when her son, like on his birthday, he was like eating cake out of the fridge at night and he looked over and he saw like a ghost, but like in the film it shows like eyes uh-huh. rising up out of the like basement steps or whatever. And it is like chilling. That is like, 
yeah scary as fuck but that's really like the scariest thing sure there's like the murders at the end but we live in america we're used to it okay <laughs> um but at the, the end, end, when like, okay, i know yeah <laughs> no guns this time Ugh. fucking cowards uh anyway so um I, I do like that all that murder and, and like whatnot happens during the day mm. because there's something like psychologically about like something like it's almost scarier for something like that to happen during the day because you think of like in the shroud of night, of course, some bad shit's going down. Mm. There's a lot of like question marks you can't see as well, you know, et cetera. But like if it's, uh, you know, bright and sunny outside, then it seems like everything, it, it seems like very safe, especially in this like rich family's backyard. Yeah. But like all this uh, horrendous like, murder like goes on and whatnot um and it kind of reminds me of midsummer in a way mm. um not to get like spoilers on that but yeah, just it's the, the uh, brightness and the horrific yeah. yeah together yeah and everything's like so colorful at that yeah. point um somebody has a, a fucking cello <laughs> what i've never seen murder happen around a cello before i didn't th- i thought it was like you don't see clark kent and superman in the same place you know so i thought it was like one of those scenarios you can't murder someone around a cello oh wait uh yeah you can (laughs) turns out you can (laughs) yeah huh well that didn't work i put all these cellos around my house just thinking that would fend off something but well have you not seen uh, expensive have you not seen uh uh fuck (laughs) <laughs> I was going to make a Chev Chelios uh, joke, but I couldn't think of that movie. It's not dry. It has a cello it? in it. Oh, uh, um, fuck. Holy shit, what is it? I want to say The Transporter, but that's not no. it. Uh, the Jason Statham movie where um, he's, uh, fuck, what is that called? I have no idea. This is fun, though. D- I, I want to say Jolt now, but that's that's not that's right. That's what happens to him. Crank. Yeah, yeah crank. crank. Oh, damn it. It would have been such a Is there a, a cello joke. murder scene? No, his name's Chev Chelios. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the only Chelios murder I've ever I seen. I love it. It was a stretch, but I was going for it. <laughs> I liked it. That's good. <laughs> that fit right on the show. That so was, was a great joke right there. Yeah, it was. That was yeah. amazing. You went on a journey. We yeah. all did. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, don't stop believing. Um, were there uh, any <clears> other <throat> notes you guys had for, uh, for Parasite? Uh, I think I'm good. Nothing for you. No. Oh, nice head shake on the on the podcast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back and forth, looking around. Uh, and he's frozen. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess we can uh, wrap it up All here right. then. So um, you know, uh, uh, you can follow us on social media. We just got on Parlor. Check us out there. <laughs> A lot of people with interesting ideas. Stephen, I heard that Tom Cruise is on the. Wait, hold on. Ted Cruz. Oh, oh. He seems like favorite. a fun guy, though. He's super into porn, from what I understand. Raphael? He's the Zodiac killer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Everybody uh, get on check Parler, the show notes. Us. We're off Twitter. Only yeah, on Parler we can't now. Be on, uh, we can't be on Twitter anymore. No. Also, some stuff that got said by one yep. of us. Mm. Uh oh. Was it the Asian guy or the guy with the squinty eyes? Oh, two different people? Ooh, weird. We All just right. canceled ourselves. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Ross, do you have any anything you'd like to plug? Um, No. All my stuff is cool. private. Uh, Damn straight. I have, a, I, have, I have a job where I have to hide everything, so uh, no. I, this is probably, if you Google my name, this is probably the only thing that's going to show up, so. No, your, your day job is as hide-and-seek champion of the world. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Going that on makes sense. Uh, 20 years of uh, hiding. 
Oh, wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. Are you in a basement Fuck right yeah. now? Um, they actually call me Thomas Hyden Church. Oh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think on that note, we definitely should kiss out because it's not getting any better than that. So, uh, no. Yeah. Thanks for uh, everybody joining us today. This has been a blast. And uh, thanks, Ross, for being on the show, man. Thanks for having Always me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Have you on. Of so, uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brett. I'm Ross. And let's talk later. A German, an Irish, and an Indian record a podcast. Okay, <laughs> some of you heard this one. The axis of evil. <laughs> this whole time in the background of your uh, your closet cabinet things back there, it looks like you have uh, Nilla wafers as your uh, door handles. Other side, <gasps> do you it see it? Does oh. yeah, yeah. Those are I my like, gigantic mm-hmm. closet doors, like huge closet. Hey man, hey man, you ever go over there and eat those door handles or <laughs> what's up? You ever lick those? What is that? Uh, oh, lick is in your name. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Dude, I was over there eating some Nilla wafers every day. Dude, it's fucking good. Dude. Well, that's too real. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a, a flashback to some of uh, some of our parties earlier with people we we no longer hang out with. Really, mm-hmm. uh, I've definitely been around a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. a lot of um, uh, camo hats with fucking lures on them. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> was it real yeah. tree just in or case something you, like that? Yeah, that the, just in case blend? you're like out and about in the world, and you're like, oh shit, is that a pond? Exactly. I need to fish immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, I could get behind it if there was actual string. I, I suppose they could take apart the hat, but if it was like a whole unit, and they were like, at any given time, I need to be able to throw this out. You know, I don't know when a fish is gonna come up. That's actually a pretty well, good. They idea. would also have. They would have those uh, those uh, military uh, bracelets that are like the um, like cord or whatever mm-hmm. that's like woven yeah. around their arm. So I don't know if they were planning to use that, but it seems like that would just be like a lot of work. Like you, you're already at the supermarket. Just like buy some fish. <laughs> just like already, just get the it. world hasn't ended yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Wait till 2016. That's when shit really starts kicking off. The worst then, year. Uh, Bowie died. Come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. when it all changed. Mm. Thanks, Bowie. I remember when I thought 2016 was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I've, I've talked to Stephen about this before. That like, kind of really doesn't matter your political affiliation. Just like everyone thinks 2020 is bad. Like we're all we're all just like exhausted by it and fucking over it. So, mm. but luckily, magically, the calendar resets on yep. January one. Once, once we change to midnight, going from Thursday <laughs> into Friday, it's all going to be good. It's all gravy, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's perfect. Magically. Flip that switch. The oceans are yeah. no longer dying. Mm. <sighs> someone, someone check on the oceans. Hey, oceans, you okay?
We need to dump some Robitussin in those oceans. Oh, don't worry. Mm. We've been sending a lot of masks their way, so they, uh, yeah. they'll be... They'll be, they'll be safe. Well, I try to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I try to flush as many masks as I can, just in case. Oh, you know, sure. Just to help out. Yeah. Just weed out the coronavirus out of the, the deep I flush seas. all my medication? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even take any. I like to pay for it. Yeah. Get rid of it right away. Board? Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. we go. Excellent shit out of the way. All right. So let me tell you about uh, an accident that I got into earlier this week in my car. What? I'm not saying I got in a car accident. Oh, okay. Uh, Let me explain. Don't worry. It's stupid. It's really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to go get my haircut uh, on my lunch break earlier this week. And I stopped at a quick trip, which is a local uh, convenience store chain here in Oklahoma. Um, and I, uh, stopped and got myself a, uh, real sugar Pepsi cause I was like, oh, let me treat myself. Right. So, uh, after I get my car, I go to open it up. Lid won't budge at all. Not even a little bit, not even trying to turn. I try this like, I don't know, two, three times on the way there. I I'm like, I don't know if it's just like too cold or, or what's going on. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just leave this in my car. I'll go in get my hair did, come back out, and maybe it'll, like, loosen up a little bit. No. I tried again multiple times on the way back to work. And at a certain point, I looked down, and I had a hole ripped in my finger from me trying to turn this lid. Holy shit. So hard. Yeah. Are you sure it was a twist? It was a Pepsi. <laughs> Interesting point. Huh. Well, it did say, please use jars, uh, jars, jaws of life to open this lid. God damn it. Please Fucked use it jars of but, clay uh, to open this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I don't know any Christian bands. That's the problem. <laughs> but so I I went back to work and I put this bandaid on. And of course, I have to tell my uh, my coworkers about this dumb situation I've got myself into. And they're like, so is it just like on there real tight? And I'm like, I think this is like so pressurized that even if I let one of you try to uh, open this up, it would simply explode and just ruin everything in this entire building. Um, but like after work, I had one of my coworkers try to open it. She couldn't open it. And I thought it was going to be one of those things where it was like a, a girl's going to show me up, which is not uncommon for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just kind of wanted to take a drink of this thing. You she couldn't open it a up. Child. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Benjamin button muscles. <laughs> yeah. So I, I then brought it home. My wife tried it as well. She couldn't open it and she's tiny and vicious. So I thought if anyone's <laughs> going to get it, she would. And we've got these little like gripper things to open a, a, you know, like jar lids and everything. She couldn't open it either. So I've got this fucking Pepsi stuck in my refrigerator, just like in there for eternity at this point, because, you know, I don't like to waste food or drink. I won't throw it away, but I don't know, like when I'm ready to open this, I might have to get one of those uh, like a, a wrench of some sort to like pry this lid off. But again, it's so pressurized. I feel like I could send it into space and then it would just like survive up there. I don't think it would have any issues getting through like the heat shield of the planet mm-hmm. and uh, just like surviving out in space. Maybe that uh, that uh, weird astronaut guy that's driving that Tesla that we sent into outer space for some reason. Maybe he wants a drink. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Send it up to him. It sounds like a, actually like a Coca-Cola, like Christmas commercial, actually. You'd like send a bottle up to the astronauts or something and they'd be like... <laughs> It is. Die. You know what? Maybe but. maybe this is Coke marketing, where it's like, mm. let's make this lid so impossible <laughs> yeah. to get off that he'll have no choice to buy a Coke, which I did the very next morning. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Wow, you, you don't even use bottle openers to open up just like twist off bottle caps, right? 
What? Yeah. Can you still do it? They do? Yeah. 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 No, I... But it's like a, a plastic 20 ounce bottle. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. My, okay. When you said real sugar, I thought they only made those in glass. Yeah. Like oh, the Coke like does, the, right? Uh, like the Mexican, yeah, Mexican yeah. Cokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I, my, my mind went to as well. Cause you cut your finger. I figured that was kind of like the sharp edge of like a, a twist off or a pop off top. So, uh, let me, let me slide this bandaid up a little bit just to show you <laughs> the damage. Like it's, it's somewhat healed now, but. I don't know if you can see oh, this. Oh wow. yeah, that looks. It's in my fingers. Like plastic, burn. but uh, hmm. yeah, it looked like uh, fucking. Oh, what you got there? Cat. Oh, kitty cat scratches. <laughs> Just cat scratches. Damn, we're we comparing cigars. I don't have anything right now. Might t- take you off your pants and show us your butthole. Oh man, you know about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stephen, I have those toilet cams set up. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. send me some ointment, bro. No. <laughs> I'll send you some. <laughs> you know how I like to keep it gashy. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is not going to be the title. <laughs> Put that on a, a flag, you know, on a political flag. Mm. Keep it gashy. gashy Maybe the election could have gone a different way. I'm just saying. I don't know about that. I don't know if I like I'm just that. Saying, I, feel weird. I'm just saying I was able to open 20 ounce pop bottle lids. Before Biden mm. won the election, mm. I don't know. I'm rethinking things. I don't know. But can you hold a glass like Trump does? <laughs> Wait, what? Have you not seen that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Like, yeah. Oh man. It. it god. I, I don't even want to talk about it. No, <laughs> it's a two-handed grip. It's it's ridiculous. He did it in Tulsa because people were making oh, fun yeah. of him because he tried to drink and he was like doing it with two hands and people were making fun of him on the internet. And so, of course, he, um, his tiny, fragile little ego um, couldn't let that stand. So at the uh, the rally in Tulsa in the middle of a pandemic that he had, um, mm-hmm. he went on stage and took a glass and drank it with one hand and people were like freaking out and cheering. And he threw the glass <laughs> and it was... <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, Dr. Jill Biden... With her PhD um, has been like excuse, a big issue lately. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excuse me? <laughs> exactly. It's like she did something great and people are like, what an idiot. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I'm going to drink with one hand and it's like, our God hero. Yeah. Well, look, he learned a new Amazing skill. Timeline. You know, yeah, that, that should be applauded. Mm-hmm. It's like when a baby like first you learns to walk, you're like so excited about it. Uh. And then it's just, you know. Then the the bloom is off the rose after a, a while, but yeah, man, he's so, so cool. I think we got a sync word out of that, right? I think the best best one is uh, keep it gashy, keep it gashy. Yeah, okay. that's fine. From from sodas directly into <laughs> gashes. Mm, Ratchet yum. gashy goo, g- bougie. Ratchet gashy bougie. Uh huh. Is that a song? Yeah, yeah. Making the stallion, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Have you seen the Ben so Shapiro WAP reading? No, um, <laughs> I've 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 heard about it, but I've not seen it. Just trust me, trust me. He reads WAP, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. That's literally how it goes. Trust me. Watch it. Isn't he the one that was like, women can't have like wet ass pussies or something like that yeah because his his wife is a doctor and she she said something that uh you know if if uh, a woman was um to uh um 
expectorate, is that a word? Um, that much liquid mm-hmm. that there's something medically wrong with him. So he went online and said, my wife said, who was a doctor, said that uh, if a woman were to get that wet, there would be something medically wrong with her. And so then everybody <laughs> roasted him saying, that's her excuse to you, Ben, why she never gets wet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she tells you. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? In honor of that, uh, let's amend the sink word to keep it gushy. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Man, yeah, oh, last night change. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 they should have like a cross uh, promotion thing mm-hmm. between uh, WAP and Gushers, you know? I'm sure they will. And like, let's give it like seven years, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's like they yeah, like using like Nickelodeon cartoon characters to like promote <laughs> promote like kids candy things <laughs> that they get you like that, like fruit roll ups and shit. And it's like mm-hmm. Megan the Stallion, Stallion presents Gushers. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when a turns cr- into like a CGI face <laughs> and starts talking. <laughs> it's kind of like when Kraft uh, used EMFs unbelievable for their crump believable like cheese packet <laughs> things. It'll be like that, but for gushers, yeah. it'll be great. I love that song, like un- let's, let's unironically. Mark- <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Legit. All right, so keep it gushy on three. One, two, three. Keep, keep it gushy. gushy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> L-P-A-A.